The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim Dio Double G. And with me tonight, we have the Fatal Four all here. Yeah! That year you heard was at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? I, for one, am ecstatic to have the entire team back together. At least for maybe 30 minutes. That's right. Briefly. We also have at Cat on Twitter. That's right, folks. The four horsemen are here. What's going to do about it, brother? <laughs> and joining us after a sabbatical, he couldn't stay away from the Justice League talk. <laughs> <laughs> AKA we went, let him stay away from the Justice League talk. Right. <laughs> At PCN underscore Dirt. Welcome back, yeah. Dirt! Yay! Hi, everybody. Did you miss me? <laughs> we definitely missed the DC perspective. You know, they. let me just say to everybody who's listening to the show, these guys have been hounding me for weeks to go see Justice League. <laughs> they wanted to talk about it the day after it came out. And I was like, I don't, I don't go to movies like right away. Like, I mean, I, my, who, 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 yeah, technically that was me. <laughs> my, my dislike of people is so great that I wait a couple weeks before I go see a movie so that I can go at, and, and that's, I went at 1230. There's like two other people in the theater. That was perfect. Not now. There's the you know. I bring a certain perspective to this because I did go opening night. I did sit in a relatively packed theater, and that did impact my feelings on the movie. And we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, I definitely was hounding uh, PCN underscore Dirt. Like from the moment I left the theater, I might have been in our 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 chat, and hopefully at one point we'll be in our Slack, our our comic book chronicle Slack, and I'll be like, "Come on, Dirt, watch the movie. When have you watched? Uh, Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet?" So I finally saw it yesterday. Yesterday. So how long has it been out now? Been out a couple of weeks. Yeah. So plus weeks. Yeah. That's how long it takes for me to usually go see a movie. So there you go. Well, see, and they actually I thought about going earlier, uh, but they got rid of the early morning movies. They used to do movies at like ten in the morning, and that was perfect. I mean, there's absolutely never anybody there at ten o'clock in the morning, but they stopped doing those. So now noon is about the earliest they do movies anymore. So Hmm. so. Anyway, I finally saw it. So the wait is over. Everybody's been waiting to hear what I think about it. So we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. Well, let's get into it then. Justice League. Everybody well, see? Oh, no, we got to introduce Roddy. I asked for that. No, he's already introduced me. I already yeah. introduced him. You want to just do the plugs real quick? Yes. Go to the website, dclicknation.com. You can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles, Comic Book News. You can follow us from the homepage to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google+. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and the CSPN Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. Do it today! 
and buy some of that nice Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. We record live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're talking comic books on social media, make sure to use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron to join in the conversation. Now, Justice League. Yeah. All right. So I guess, you know, since since I was the one that was hounding PC and underscore dirt for weeks to, uh, you know, to get him on the show. One, because I miss him for one thing. But oh. two, right. But two, I, you know, as, as our, our resident um, uh, DC uh, expert, I wanted to hear his perspective on this because, you know, I, I, I came into this movie wanting to be happy to see it i wanted to be impressed i wanted to be glad that it you know they had finally come together and put together something that i could enjoy on screen and i had set the bar, the bar pretty low because i just wanted it to be more enjoyable than batman versus superman i know we differ on that but you know the general consensus i i guess i find myself you know within that the, the general consensus that i needed it to you know at least entertain me more than that and i felt it did i we can have some fights about this mm-hmm. i enjoyed it more than age of ultron and i enjoyed it more than civil war yeah i think that's where we would like i understand where you're coming from when it comes to age of ultron because i felt that was kind of on the disjointed side but civil war i thought was a pretty solid story and a fun um and a fun tale um yeah, just uh you want to well, give but that's a- not saying that civil war was terrible Right. I'm just saying I enjoyed it more than Civil War. Right, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you why I disagree with that. But, um, well, tell us what you enjoyed about it. Well, for one thing, I knew going into it, I was going to dislike the changes done to Aquaman and Flash. I mean, that was just kind of a given. Um, uh, Whedon changes or just changes overall to the characters? No, just changes overall to the character. Like, Aquaman has always been kind of a Greco-Roman uh, character from Atlantis, and they had him doing more of the, you know, Polynesian uh, look to him and more of the kind of anti-hero feel it's kind of a bro yeah he's he's like the guy in the geico commercials it's like a little big savings potato chip you know (laughs) that guy i like that uh, i like that but but the thing was part of that has always been that that arthur curry was the king of atlantis like Mm -hmm. he had gone back he had regained his throne and then became part of the justice league and in this movie they talk about the fact that he was the queen's son, but never that he had ever been king. He had never right. taken the throne. So he's more of in that lost and wandering stage. So it made the character different. And once they kind of developed that fact that he's not a dethroned king or he's not the king just wandering on the surface on the weekends, right. then I was a little more comfortable with the character. Right. Um, and, and another thing I noticed that with Aquaman, even though they changed his look completely, mm-hmm. I made it more buff. And uh, made his hair dark. By the time they got to the end, and he puts on the armor, the armor harkens back to the original. It had dark pants. It was the gold scales uh, instead of orange, but the, technically that's what the orange I think it was supposed to be was gold. Right. Um, and then they lightened his hair. I don't know if you noticed that, but towards the end of the film, um, his yeah, hair was I, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he looked more like the regular Aquaman. So, um, I you know he he was different but it was different kind of with like one of those no prize explanations um that you know he's not the the dethroned king or anything like that so that made it a little different that and that opens the door for that storyline to be told in the in the future right uh, also the flash i knew i wasn't going to be completely comfortable with because that was a very big change uh, with him also they made him a lot younger right. um he he wasn't working at the crime lab yet so you know that's not how he got his powers. Um, so they didn't quite explain any of that, um, which again, leaves it open for something in the future. That's a good but, point of, of mentioning, you know, he didn't get his powers from the crime lab. Cause that's a fundamental part of his origin story. 
Right. Yeah, although they move him towards that, they move him towards the crime lab, you know, yeah. at the end. Um, but he's already got his powers. Right. So it'd be interesting to see if they, you know, when they go back and kind of tell, you know, his origin. It was just his high school chemistry lab, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, those two things aside, like I thought Cyborg was pretty dead on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked his portrayal. And uh, I knew that his outfit was like all CGI and was going to look like it looks janky and it's supposed to look janky. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to look like he's cobbled kind of something together just to hold himself together, but it, it doesn't really make sense. Um, and so, you know, it looks kind of funky, but it works. And then towards the end, you get this glimpse of him turning into more of the traditional armor. Um, but I, I liked his character. I thought that was dead on. Uh, that was pretty perfect for him, especially the relationship with his dad. And with Joe Morton is one of those guys, you know, like anytime there's a movie and it's like, ah, I don't know, but Joe Morton's in it. You're like, oh, okay. You know, it, you know it's probably pretty good then. I was looking um, for Linda Hamilton, to be honest, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then yeah, I still feel like Affleck just doesn't do, I don't know. There's just something about him that just feels off whenever he's doing that. But uh, Cavill as uh, Superman, I thought was great, you know um wonder woman again fantastic um and then uh, jeremy irons as alfred is always fun to see on the screen so you know those couple characters i wasn't really comfortable with the changes going into it but they made they made it work and by the time it got to the end you know they put everything kind of back in line of of where it should be gotcha what did I, um, no, because okay. i'm gonna tell you what i i where i disagree with you on the comparison at least with uh civil war maybe not so much age of ultron but you know i came into this wanting to be impressed wanting to be wowed i said you know i, I came into it just saying just give me something to cheer and i hearken back to the first avengers movie and you know i saw that opening night a packed house everyone was jazzed you know lots of hooting and hollering um uh over the uh the sound and um, I remember distinctly the the scene where um, Banner's like, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. And he drives, you know, he transforms into the Hulk and drives the Chitauri ship into Park Avenue, right? And when I'm watching that in the theater, the theater is going bananas. I can't hear the yet the roar of the Hulk over the roar of the crowd. And I was waiting for something like that, something like that in Justice League, and I just never got it. Well, and, and that's probably going back to the fact that I hate going to crowded movie theaters. Is I don't <laughs> I want was, that in a movie. I'm not looking for that in a movie. But, but I was in a and, crowded. But I was in a crowded, a relatively right. crowded theater, and we were all dead silent for most of the movie, and that's a terrible well, sign. See, that's not. That's not. I'm not going into it looking to cheer i'm going into it trying to, to to look for that emotional connection to the characters and that was something that the dc movies ever since batman begins have been more of a film than a movie whereas the marvel stuff is more of the movie than than the film so the the marvel ones are more of the event like that's your you know uh your popcorn and yelling at the screen and you know yeah, like but for uh, maybe winter soldier right reciting the dialogue that you saw in the trailer along with you know those bad one-liner comebacks and that type of stuff the dc films have have always been different where they've been much more about mood and atmosphere and emotional tension um and much more character driven than grimacing <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and i'm fine with that because that that i see as being more like i said more film than movie and that's something that i like about these that are different and you know even if you go back and you watch man of steel i still think you know they could have easily cut 20 30 minutes out of that and tightened it up a whole lot more but even when you're having those big battle moments it's more about the struggle than the eventual 
overcoming of the struggle. It's more about trying to find the strength to fight through it than finding the strength to overcome it. Um, and and that's a subtle difference, but that's the twist. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people go in to the movies thinking that they're going to see this popcorn blockbuster. And that's really not what they're trying to put together. They're crafting something different. And that's what I appreciate in the DC stuff. And that's not to say that the Marvel ones are bad. Like I love Spider-Man Homecoming and that is a complete popcorn, you know, Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, yelling at the screen and, you know, go talk to her and, you know, punch him in the face and, you know, that kind of stuff uh, going on. But it, that's a different type of film. Right. Uh, like I was talking to my son um, and, you know, he was saying that, you know, he didn't really like Age of Ultron either. And uh, but there were some comparisons you could make between the two. And he goes, I, I, I do think I like this one better, but I don't know. He goes, I'm kind of torn with Guardians of the Galaxy. But, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is a different type of, of movie. And it's it's like a comedy with superheroes in it, you know, which is different than a lot of the other films that are being made even. So I don't even feel like you have to like compare and contrast, you know, something like guardians to something like this, because that is a, another completely different type of thing that they're putting together with those movies. Yeah. That was so gonna, just, to go back to, uh, to go back to, to actually dirt just brought it up. Uh, it could have been a to seven, even though you were in a crowded theater, it could have been the crowd you were with. Cause I know, you know, I haven't seen the, all, most of the movies that have come out, well, superhero wise, lately there's been a decidedly different crowd going to say Spider-Man: Homecoming than say Thor: Ragnarok or Wonder Woman or you know, whatever else came out this week. And the crowds have kind of varied, and part of that was partially because of the theater that I went to. But most of the ones were in the same theater with the same relative crowd. But people, you know, certain crowd of people. I, I just felt like you know we were all just kind of subdued, and we were just sort of you know watching it and taking it in, ju- referring to Justice League, and you know we all sort of turned to each other. I, you know, I went with a bunch of friends, and we turned to each other like, okay, you know, like we didn't have like that, you know, that that I don't know that wonderment. I, you know, like sometimes you just go for you know just for the entertainment, and I didn't, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid story. Um, you know, we won't get into you know we I'm, you know we won't pile on and beat up on um, you know Steppenwolf being kind of just like this kind of ugly looking villain <laughs> you know the cgi just being kind of messy you know just kind of a blur you know it's kind of like the whole wonder woman thing all over again which actually let's get on that point for one quick second because actually i think tim brought up in uh in a tweet about why didn't they use like um uh going i'm saying like well they're probably leading up to that one which you, know, you probably knew that but i'm like if they had done that now that would have just blown their whole wide might as well they're trying to build up to yeah, but at the same time, I felt like they were adapting the Justice League storyline from um, uh, what's one called the New Fifty Two, right? You know, with the Batman versus the Parademon right at the beginning. So I felt like you know they need to at least show Darkseid, you know, the way they showed Thanos in the first Avengers. I was just thinking they need to, just for petty purposes, they should have tried to beat Marvel to the punch by getting that big purple bad guy on the screen right away. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. I, one of the things, like, I didn't read any reviews until after. I- I saw the movie because I always try to, you know, not poison myself one way or another going into something. And um, after like, so, so I go and I see the movie and I'm like, I liked it. You know, it certainly had some, it had some problems to it, but overall I enjoyed it. I, I go and I look, the cinema score is a B plus you go on Rotten Tomatoes and it's a 4.1 out of five from people who went and saw it in the theater. I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's good. That's, that's right on there. But then you read like the critical reviews 
and the critical reviews are way low. And you go to one critical review and they'll say something like, none of the characters are fleshed out. There's no reason to cheer for any of these people. I hate all these characters. This movie's terrible. Then you go to the next one and it says, um, you know, Flash and Aquaman are great characters and they really drive home how wonderful they are, but I don't like any of the other characters. <laughs> and then you go read another review and they say that Cyborg is probably the worst superhero that's ever been put on film since Blank Man or something like that. <laughs> and so it's like... That's how one like uh, Cyborg and Flash need their own movie because they're the greatest ones in there. So yeah, I mean, you can always right. get Yeah, so that was another, it's like, it's like all the reviewers who hated it, hated it, but they hated it for different reasons and they couldn't agree on why they didn't like it, just only the fact that they didn't like it. And it felt, after reading some of them, that they only watched like maybe the first half hour or 45 minutes and then they tuned out for the rest of it. So what? they just kind of got these impressions. Not like it. I'm sorry, what's that? It's almost as if they went into it wanting to not like it. Yeah, it's like you, you're not supposed to like these. So they go in, you know, just with that idea. And some of them, uh, like for instance, uh, Steppenwolf. Um, you know, the first time he talks, I was like, oh my gosh, I thought Max von Sydnow was dead. Like, how did they get him to do this movie? Um, but then, you know, it's some other guy who does the voice, but it sounds, you know, like him. Uh, and it sounds so much like him that that had to be on purpose. Like at some point, someone said... He sounds just like Max von Sydnow, who was in The Exorcist. We've got to use him doing that voice in this movie. And yet, no, like nobody has picked up on that. Like nobody has said anything about that on any of the reviews. And it's like a dead on, like that's his voice. It's great. Um, and that was one of the things that I thought was just so great about the villain. Um, there was also a lot of stuff with uh, the the whole like Chernobyl, fake Chernobyl area. That family. What were we doing following that family? Right. <laughs> what the hell was that? Because they're the ones looking for the hope. Oh, for God. I hope it's got to be out there for him. That was the Whedon thing. Right. Yeah, that was probably something. That felt like something that was kind of tacked on towards the end. Those are the people. She didn't even get to use the bug spray. I'm like, come on, spray a parademon. That's what she did. I love. I don't think so. I don't think so. But, like, I loved how Gotham City looked like, like, almost like Tim Burton's Gotham City. Like, it just had that look where it was so overdone to the point that it was fake, like a 1950s, you know, crime noir movie set. Like, the way Tim Burton filmed a lot of his stuff, where, like, the first two floors of the building were normal, mm -hmm. but then the, the upper floors that they would build had windows that were only, like, two feet tall, three feet tall. You know, so it looked like they were a lot taller, but it was, it was obviously, you know, like a four scale type thing. And if you look at, you know, the Batman set, you know, when he's in Gotham City, like it has that same type of feel as Burton's Batman. I thought that was great the way that they incorporated that into it uh, in that style. Um, but like the, the Parademons, I, I think they needed to explain some of the stuff a little bit more of Apocalypse and Darkseid and mm -hmm. the New Gods. And it, obviously they're leaving that open to explore in the future. They wanted to give people some hints, but not really get into it so that when it comes back up in a later movie, people can go, oh, I remember that now from Justice League. But I think they left it too open. Yes, I agree with that. Because when the Parademon first shows up, it's like, is this Firefly? Is this Killer Moth? Like, you know, what is what is this guy? And it, you know, kind of takes a minute. Um, it's like, why are they trying to talk to him? <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's, some, there's some subtle stuff, like um, that, you know, bank robbers, or jewel thief or whoever is coming out at the beginning when Batman's there and you know Batman you know roughs him up a little bit but then he fights the parademon and then he leaves and he leaves the guy there like he's showing the guy mercy like Batman has changed he's also talking to Alfred like hey Alfred over yes. his radio I'm like come on man. that was the one thing I was waiting for what Penny one it's like Penny one yeah, like use the code on. name you know you can't do that all right um, so help a brother out here dirt no I think that's that's also probably going to be a, a, a deleted scene for the for the the definitely uh, upcoming director's cut or whatever the case may be. So, All right. So, help a brother out here. What the hell is the point of a Batman crawler vehicle? Like, what was that? All right. 
Batman. What was that? Like, why wouldn't is that you? a Lego two? Is that is that is it just a Lego toy? It just looks cool. <laughs> why why have the flying fox the, the big carrier? Because it's one sales toys and two because it's Batman and he can't have that. <laughs> why why build the base underneath a lake? You know why not just have it come out the side of the hill? Because it looks cool and you need more toys. <laughs> I mean that's really what it comes down to. It's like why not have that stuff? I understand I mean, the flying fox. I mean that is that is classic. Batman. That is classic comic book Batman. Um, you know, it's not quite to the level of bat shark repellent, um, yeah. but it is It is that, you know, you make something for every contingency and then you make 10 more things just at random because you don't know what contingency you're going to need them for. Uh, that's a superpower. He's rich. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, how'd you like the product placement of that car? Oh, the Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, his winged Mercedes uh, there in the alleyway. They got a nice close-up of the of the dashboard with the symbol on it when he starts up the car and the driving it. Like, yeah, like that's that's a great way to product place a car that no one in the world can possibly afford that is going to go see this movie. You know what I mean? Didn't they, give, didn't they give Diana a Mercedes too? May have I don't know, but it's like it's it's just kind of funny. It's like uh, they gave her the more affordable one. Is that what? Because Marvel Marvel does those free comics where it's like Black Panther and the Lexus, you know, and it's like everybody's driving a Lexus. It's like yeah, you could afford a Lexus, right? But they're gonna throw this car in there that no, like it, it's gonna cost the same as the budget of the movie just to buy that car. No one is buying that car. Oh, uh, anyway, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I enjoyed it, and it was one of those things I walked out of, and I was like, I I would like to see that again. Like, I would like to see that again. And there was a lot of stuff. Like, for instance, one thing I hated in Age of Ultron was when uh, they're levitating the island or whatever. And there's like that, the, and there's the machine. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to stop the robots from attacking the machine. And the robots are just swarming, 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 swarming. And they're all just kind of sitting there, you know, just throwing random stuff at blue screen, you know, just waiting for something to be CGI'd in front of their hands, you know. And you see the robots whizzing past and it's like if they're trying to get to that all they have to do is tackle uh you know scarlet witch they can just tackle scarlet witch into that thing and it's gonna blow up like it's it was the most you know it doesn't work like it just doesn't work having these things these robots flying around one of those robots could just get kind of close and explode mm-hmm. you know and destroy that thing like it just didn't work whereas here when they're fighting all the parademons inside the nuclear reactor they made very clear to give you a couple scenes where you see Flash doing this, you see Batman doing that, you see Superman doing this, but you never show all like, of the whole fight going on. Right. So you, you, there's always that out that you can say, well, maybe they were distracted right. by all the other guys. So they weren't paying attention to Cyborg messing with this little thing down here, because that would be the thing that they would swoop in on. You know, I think that Whedon was just trying to top that tracking shot from the first Avengers because that one's hard to top. You know, when they're tracking through the through Manhattan and they're following one Avenger after another, you know, through you know, like uh it's like it starts with Widow, goes to mm. Iron Man, and they and then Iron Man does like the 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 ultimate alliance attack with Cap and then flies up the building, runs into Hawkeye, and then they track the arrow. You know, like I right. remember this by heart because I've seen it so many times. But you know, that I think that was Whedon trying to outdo himself in Age of Ultron. It didn't really work. But um, you know, I, I understand that 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 you know, that criticism of that particular film, but I think that's like the weakest of all of the examples. So like, it's a low, again, you know, I hate to use the lowest bar to, to, to try to, you know, um, to try to compare things to, uh, you know, when, when it comes to Justice League. Well, but, one thing, one thing that um, I really enjoyed was the way that they used Flash because he was so young and so new to being a superhero and everything. And 
you know, awkward around everybody else. There's the scene with Commissioner Gordon where they all disappear. Um, you know, he's like, oh, you know, that's so, so rude. You know, sorry about that. You know, runs off. Um, there's the scene where <clears throat> they're all fighting, uh, you know, Superman. Um, and he's, you know, speed running and you see Superman turn to look at him. You know, obviously in the high speed, and he just has that look, and that was a moment of brevity that that the scene needed. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie needed that that lightheartedness, but it also works with the way that they've done Flash. Right. You know, with that, and that was one of those for for only the few people that were in the movie theater when I was there, everybody was laughing. You know, like that that is a scene that totally works, totally sticks with you. Um, the the part at the end where you see Flash and Superman getting ready to have that iconic race. Right. You know, it, it's showing that that when you take something like. Um, Man of Steel that was very dark, and then you had Batman versus Superman that starts out dark and then kind of works its way through it and kind of ends. It ends like sad but hopeful, and right. then you have this movie that starts out again dark and sad, but then by the end, it's humorous and they're having fun and it they're working through. Like it's showing the the mood kind of shifting, sure, you know, working its way through those movies. <clears throat> and it's kind of a progression. One of the things I really, I think it was Civil War. Is that the one they're like fighting out in the forest? All the Avengers are fighting in the forest and they're trying to get to like the castle. No, that's Age of Ultron. That's Age of Ultron. And so they all like jump forward at the exact same moment. And there's like that slow down like shot of them all at the same time. And I remember watching that in the theater and just being like, oh my gosh. That's like, Whedon again. That's Whedon again. Oh. But like, um, I, I hate I, that. That is, that is like so cheesy cornball, yeah. you know. That was totally Whedon. Um, a uh, couple things. One, um, I found myself in the middle of the the, the zombie Superman um, scenes, just yelling out. I actually said out loud, and a couple of people in the theater like were patting me on the shoulder. I said, "Martha, <laughs> just say it. Somebody say it." But and it wouldn't work for him. It, but, it wouldn't work for him. It worked for Batman because Batman's mom was dead. So you know, just just say it, people. But it doesn't work that way. Well, you kind of you kind of knew by that point. It was like, wait, they had a secret weapon. You kind of knew who was going to be. Yeah. Kind of yeah. there. Speaking of speaking of the Superman thing, how did you did anyone think that was that the way did you, did you thought it was going to bring him back? <sighs> I, in the concept of the movie films, it works because they've already used the chamber exactly. So how it, it power makes, the chamber, yeah, like it already exists, like it works. So as far as like bringing that in as a plot point, that's not a big stretch. I I didn't see it coming because I thought at the end of Batman versus Superman, you see a little bit of the dirt, you know, raised off of the coffin, like it's shaking Mm -hmm. or whatever. I thought they were going to dig up the coffin, open it up. And he wasn't in there. Right. Is what I was expecting. Wait, and he was, wait, 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 let's, let's just stop very quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Wasn't that kind of morbid? That whole like grave robbing scene, like what the <laughs> hell are they doing? Why they? But go that's why they referenced it. That's why, why they going in slow motion? Why they, can't Flash just like go? Well, just, I don't about that because they wanted to set up. Well, that's what he said. No, no, but but he said that they 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 meted that scene. They totally explained it. Yeah, because he said it would feel wrong to use my powers to do something like that. It it's more that's the wrong period to do it. Yeah, it would be disrespectful in that way to do it. Is what he and so they meted that scene. They they explained it in that scene. Goodness why, why were you paying attention to the dialogue? I was, and I was listening to it. I was like, that makes no right. sense. Just hurry up and do the grave robbing. <laughs> that makes more sense than the setup of in Civil War of going to fight the rest of the uh, Winter Soldier subjects in that mountain fortress only to get there and have them already be dead. Like, that was such a complete letdown at the end of that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that was a twist. That I, you know, that's a, that was a, a, a weird twist. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird twist. I have to agree with you on that. I was looking forward to that showdown. You know, but no, in all seriousness, um, and the movie itself is only about two hours. It's shorter um, than Batman versus Superman. And for me, it didn't feel long. 
Um, I, I had no problem with, because again, I like the emotional draw of it. And, you know, at one point my son was kind of like, when he, you know, it's Superman and Lois and they're in the cornfield, they're kissing and the mom drives up and, you know, and he's just like, anytime people kiss, you know, first of all, my son's 12. So he's always like, ah, 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 people kissing, ah, you know, he can't watch. Um, but you know, for him, you know, that kind of stuff is like, ah. but for me, like, I like that emotional stuff that's in the film. And I thought that the acting from all of everybody, you know, doing uh, all of that stuff, dealing with the, the death and the resurrection and having to fight through it and figure your way through it and whatever. Um, I thought all that stuff was worked. Uh, I thought it was great. Oh, and, and the other thing I had heard, someone had said they had used CGI on Cavill's face. On his but, lip. But from, from <laughs> what I, I thought it was just a mustache yeah. that he had had. Like he was filming another movie, mm-hmm. so he couldn't shave it off, but they needed to do some pickup shots and whatever. Right. Um, so apparently it's not every scene. It's just some of the scenes, but I thought it was just a mustache. So I was looking, like I was looking for it on his face and I couldn't you see notice the fuzzy. You didn't notice the fuzzy scene? Nothing, nothing stood out to me. I, when, he, when he first showed up, you could kind of tell like there was something like really strange in his face. It was almost like um, like the, the Hunter Smith battle, almost as, as bad as the CGI as that. You know, it just looks just completely like whether you knew he had a mustache in the first place or not, it just looked weird mm. around that area. Yeah, I didn't notice it immediately, but um, it, it got more apparent as he had more scenes. Well, apparently, it's not it's not the entire movie. It's not everywhere in the movie. It's only certain parts. You can kind of tell where spots where it looks just looks kind of often and then not. But see, I, to me, I didn't. I was trying to look for it, and I couldn't see it. So it's just like a weird, like you get a sense. I, you know, like kind of like what Roddy was saying. You kind of get a sense that there's like a uh, a vagueness about the definition about you know, like just around his mouth. That's what you see. You know, like you just sense it, like as you see his face turn towards you. So, you know, that, I guess that's what that's what I noticed. Um, I'd have to give it another watch to really, you know, kind of pick apart the CGI. But I, I noticed it slightly. It wasn't a big deal for me. Uh, now, it was it was just as weird looking at Loki coming on the screen on Thor Ragnarok. Not to, not to, not to move into that movie, but because it was like, wow, does he look weird and old and weirdly really painted or something? And, and that's not saying that anything was going on with that one, but it was like there was just something that just looked really weird. With the makeup, maybe, yeah. And I still haven't seen that one. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was about to say, watching watching uh, the Infinity War trailer spoils a little bit of Ragnarok for you. Like, there's some parts of that that won't make sense without having seen Ragnarok. Nah. nah, I mean, nah. nah. Um, but did anybody see it in 3D? Because I saw it in 2D. I didn't see I it. I did see it in 3D. Uh, 2D. I saw it in 3D. How, 3D look good? That's when the fuzziness of the lip comes in. <laughs> um, oh. um, it was okay. It was okay. But like I said, you know, it was just such a subdued reaction. Like the, the crowd just had a subdued reaction. I had a subdued reaction. So I, you know, it was a, it was an okay, you know, viewing, you know, it was an okay movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. I just wasn't, you know, I wish I had been, I wanted to be more entertained by it than, than what I was. So I well, guess I, I'm in the consensus, like I was saying earlier. Well, like I, again, going back to like the reviews on it are, are bad, but the cinema score is a B plus mm-hmm. rotten tomatoes is a 4.1 out of five. I mean, that's, that's good. Like that is more people like it and like it more than they dislike it, mm-hmm. you know? So it is, you know, as far as metrics are concerned, it's a good movie. Um, and so for a lot of these people that, you know, are constantly like trying to find, well, it's you know, the worst movie of the year. What, shut up. Oh, it's, you know? not, it's like, no, it's not the worst movie. It's just, like and, I said, it was just to me, the, the, the word I use is underwhelming because I want it to be overwhelmed. So see, I, and like I said, I liked it for probably for not being as overwhelming as like an Avengers Civil War, you know, those movies. I mean, I thought they did pretty good for the time they had with it. Like they were 
you could kind of see they were still in the throes of kind of getting it together real fast. Hmm. So I thought in that point they they did all right. You know, they're still they're still building, but they working it. I think one thing they needed to explain better was once um, the three mother boxes were brought together, there had to be some sort of process to re-energize them, release the energy, prep them for, you know, the job of rebuilding the world, whatever it was that Steppenwolf had to do. Like he had some pillar thing that he had built that he puts them in and then the pillar thing kind of melts and it like refines them, whatever. And then they come out, they're ready to go, but they didn't explain any of that. What I thought was what I needed was, I guess, I guess having the, 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 the foundation of, you know, like the, the history of the comics, I never understood mother boxes to be that um, precious or that rare. I thought they were relatively common and to have, you know, the mother box be like the end, you know, like kind of be like the, the, the deus ex machina of the whole thing. Right. Well, so here's the problem. The mother box is about the size of the Tesseract cube. Mm-hmm. And so once Marvel had the Tesseract cube, then they had to do something else. Yeah, but the mother box, the way I remember, was something you could strap to your arm or strap to your hip. No, it was it was a cube like like a little bigger than a Rubik. Right, but um, I remember seeing it like strapped to people's arms, like you know, like Orion or or um, you know, like older New God stuff, that, or maybe from the eighties. That's how I saw it depicted. Okay, I still don't understand that. No, I mean my point is they were more run of the mill. Well, it was every New God had one. Right, that's it was it was kind of like a Tron identity disc, right? right? So everybody had one, and it was their way of communicating with you know, back home, whatever, their connection to the source. Um, and it was their mode of transportation, their mode of communication. Yeah. It was basically Jack Kirby coming up with cell phones, uh, you know, the right. smartphones right, right long before they existed. Right. Um, and so, yeah, but, but they were never, it was like never common to earth. It was common to them. Um, and so you'd have these like fleeting connections between the fourth world and earth, but it was never really, it's not like Thor came to earth and lived on earth. You know, it's not like Orion would come to earth and live on earth, you know, any type of thing. It was like people like Superman, you know, could go back and forth, but nobody else, you know, really could. It'd be rare for other people to, uh, you know, to go there and to come back and, and, you know, if it's in a pocket dimension or, you know, whatever, uh, it's far into space. However, you know, depending on the writer, it would kind of change over time. Um, But yeah, it was, it was never that it, it, it was always a powerful energy source that would come out of it, but it was powerful to humans, not to them because they are gods. So uh, it's not as big of a deal. So maybe the idea that he has three of them together makes it such a potent thing. Not just the fact that it's a mother box, but it's three mother boxes that he somehow found a way to fuse together uh, to make this, you know, world builder engine, whatever it was. Um, but but going back to the point is he has to go through some sort of process to like refine them and rebuild them so they have time. So you have this explanation as to why they have the time that allows them to regroup, to come back together, to rebuild themselves, to then fly off and go fight. The problem is they don't know that. Mm-hmm. So it's like at any moment, this guy could start destroying the planet Earth and they're like, well, OK, you know, we, you know, let's go talk to this guy. OK, well, let's go deal with this. And it's like you, you got to stop the thing from just like you don't know, you know. <laughs> It's like you're. I guess they're just waiting until things start exploding, and then they know. Okay, now we're out of time. We got to go fight. You know. Um, but it just seemed like they they needed. There was a sense of urgency that was kind of missing. Yeah. From some of those later scenes, it's like you got to get there and stop this death world end apocalypse thing, and you're not doing it. Like go. Like just and and they weren't. They they, they didn't have any urgency. 
Right. And it, well, it's like they kind of answered it by saying, like, nobody really thought they could win. You know, like nobody really wants to go fight because we're not going to come out of this thing. And they kind of hint at that, but it doesn't really like they needed to have more of a conversation there of like either either we got to go and stop this thing or, you know, what's the point? We can't win. And instead, they kind of danced around it a little bit. And I don't know if that is also switching Snyder to Whedon. You know, the flow of some of that stuff gets kind of played with and mixed around and, you know, who knows. But uh, but that was that was one of the things that kind of bothered me towards as we got towards that conclusion. Would you Once be, they got there, though, I loved the fight. I loved, you know, that whole thing at the end. Would you be willing to sit through the, I guess, the original Zack Snyder cut? From what I understand, not enough of it exists to make a full movie. Um, but I, But if they put like a half hour of, you know, his outtakes and his alternate versions and whatever and threw it on the disc then yeah i'd probably watch it what you gotta think they're probably going to do i would assume so but i mean i was reading something online that it wasn't it wasn't close enough to being finished that they could then you know release it like what they did with batman versus superman extended edition they can't do that with a Zack snyder cut because some of the stuff just wasn't filmed you know some of the stuff was never completed uh because of whatever his family issues were that he had to he had to leave for yeah so uh, I guess speaking of conclusion, so um, Tim, you've been pretty quiet. You got anything to add? But I want to also add, ask about um, the, the two end scenes. How'd y'all think about those? But I wanted, you know, since Tim's kind of been want to see if you had something to say, wanted to add. I thought the movie was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't pr- perfect, which is fine. I think DC slash Warner Brothers did, took the right steps to sort of course correct and uh, put, quote unquote, more hope into their universe. The execution may not have been the smoothest, but like I said, in the in the long run, I think it it'll be good for him. Um, any other highlights that jumped out at me? I was I was just thinking it'd be nice if these DC movies had some spectacular fight sequences to remember. And then I remember, I guess Man of Steel technically did have that as Superman and Zod wrecked Metropolis. <laughs> Those were pretty cool scenes to watch. Um, Steppenwolf as a villain was fine. He at least was able to take out the Amazons, so we did see some oh, fun like in the, there. I like showing the Green Lantern in the in the far past. Mm. Yes, yeah, was, I thought they could do more with that though. No, nah, they just had to tease it, had to show us they exist in the universe. It's like don't forget about these guys; they're coming back in another movie. But we, you know, we don't want to hit you too hard with it because we all remember what happened last time. <laughs> yep. It also has me wondering. So you mentioned the t- the credit scenes. I'm gonna jump to the second one and just say I wonder. If they're already like pivoting away from dark side and trying to set up the what was teased as the big bad or bads. Well, yeah. I mean, that was like Thanos was the teaser of the first Avengers, but it's taken how many movies to circle back to him? You know, True. They, don't, they don't need to do anything yeah. else with dark side for a while. We're not, we haven't seen dark side one, one iota. We've seen Omega symbol a couple of different times, but mm-hmm. you know, we haven't actually seen dark side. Forgive, forgive me for maybe misremembering, but is it is it a comic story or is it an animated story, a cartoon story where the Justice League and the Injustice League or the Legion of Doom have to team up to fight Darkseid? Isn't that from the animated series? The last episode of Justice League, right? Unlimited. And I have a feeling that that's where they're going. I hope they have them fight first. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's. Exactly oh, I'm sure they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's how it played out. Yeah, if so there's to- some news that that we got are true, they're going to be setting up the Injustice Gang or Legion of Doom, whichever one in whatever next couple of movies that they're they're doing. Okay. I was going right, to say, I like, hope they're going to set them up in these solo movies that they got planned. Yeah. Death, Deathstroke appears in this movie because he's supposed to be in the Batman movie. The, ba- the Batman standalone film is supposed to be Batman versus Deathstroke. Hmm. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Whenever they get that strained out. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also, there was some line um, when they're all in the under the lake base. 
Under the sea. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and Batman says something. I'm trying to remember what it is, but to me, it sounded like he was talking about parallel Earths. And I, I'm trying to remember what the line was. But he says something that, to me, sounded like they were planting a seed for like a flashpoint or a crisis or a something like that, where he says something about like, you know, there's some other world or some other version of the world where the, the hope does exist or something like that. He said something along those lines that made me think, oh, so they can do a parallel Earth story. Well, I mean, like the Flashpoint, uh, that's what supposedly the Flash's movie is supposed to be. So, I mean, yeah, that could very well be an allusion to that. Yeah. All right. Well, my time's about up here, guys. I got to run. It's 930 here. So. All right. Well, you know, I guess we're going to jump into the uh, Infinity War stuff if you have like a, a snippet to talk about that. I saw the trailer for the first time right before we went live. Um, they, It's obvious that they're not selling that movie on the story. Uh, it's obviously they're not selling that movie on the villain. Um, the only thing that they're using to sell that movie is the fact that we're throwing everybody you've ever seen in a movie into this movie. <laughs> they're basically saying it's all coming down to this part or to this, you know, or whatever. It's like, it's like here's Thanos so you can see him and you can all go, okay, now I have to Google uh, Purple California Raisin Guy Marvel Universe, try to figure out what, what his deal is. And he looks wrong without his helmet, by the way. I'll throw that out there. Well, they're, um, they're, but, they're, I mean, picture of him looking like uh, homer simpson with a donut <laughs> people are crazy with that photoshop but check it real quick dirt uh dirt before you go just a couple things one um and we'll, we'll talk about this more i guess uh uh you know once you have to finally bounce but didn't it feel nice that they're actually drawing partially upon the infinity storyline it seems like they're it looks like they're drawing on infinity as much as they're drawing on infinity gauntlet well i want adam warlock before they tell that story you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I need I need an Adam Warlock and a Silver Surfer, and this yeah, Marvel I, universe isn't there yet. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's sticky with the Surfer. That's the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, gotta run. Thanks, Doug. See you guys. Thanks for having me back. I'll see you again sometime. Bye, everybody. Yay! <laughs> Peace out to PCN underscore Dirt. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to transition right into the uh, Infinity War trailer. With, um, I, hate to, I, didn't, I didn't want to rub it in, in, in too hard to dirt, but I thought that this two-minute and 20-second some-odd trailer um, entertained me so much more than Justice League. <laughs> that's, that's a consensus that... <laughs> Yeah, include you know, like I was so much more entertained by this two minute trailer. <sighs> it was pretty good, man. Yeah, like they had the they had the little bit of the, the Avengers score in there. They had the I guess the quote unquote gravity of the situation. They had the the hey, guess what? Remember all that stuff that happened in these other movies? It all counts. All coming down. Yeah, it's all connected. It's all coming to this. You know, so it, it was it was great. We we got we didn't get that much more Wakanda, but we know certain things about you know we know certain things that kind of happen. Well, a couple of things. You know that you know we still have the Black Panther movie in between, so they 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 probably showed a lot more of Wakanda than I thought we'd ever expect them to show ahead of the Black Panther movie. I mean, because uh, that last trailer for Black Panther kind of showed a good a bit. This is, this is them kind of you know like, hey, you know this is you know this is there. Listen, I know we I know I tweeted this before. I love you know I love the reference. You did not know you wanted a Wakandan battle of Pel- of the Pelennor Fields, a la Lord of the Rings, until you saw this trailer. And you're like, you know what? I do need that. Because everyone charging across the field, it's like you can hear, even though I'm kind of mixing uh, Lord of the Rings movies, you can kind of hear, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Carl Urban's character yelling out, to the king! And everyone goes charging across, like in um, uh, Two Towers. I'm sure that you know, uh, one of the door Mil- Milo J is probably going to, you know, there's going to be a battle yell somewhere yeah. in 
before that happens. So. For God's sake, Russo Brothers, can you give me an Avengers Assemble in this? Please, 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 please. Avengers 4. That yeah, seems- that's when they're going to do it, right? I mean, either here or there is more likely to happen, especially since they're doing both. You know? Yeah, it had to be Avengers 4 because that'll be when everyone's together at once. Because it's obvious they're doing the infinity of splitting the teams up, having an Earth-based team and a space team. Mm. Space team going up. There's a part. They're not doing a part one, part two thing anymore, though. So, but we still don't necessarily know. Yeah, but I mean, it's sort of play out like that. Yeah, you know, they don't. They just don't want to say that it's part one and part two. Well, something the Earth either gets blown up and then recreated in Infinity War, or, or it doesn't actually get blown up since we have Ant Man and the Wasp two or taking place and Black Panther. But I but think Black Panther's before. Never mind. Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp is after. I think Avengers Four is probably going to be like an aftermath movie, though. No. Yeah. That's going to be the finale because when they kill everyone and people retire and exactly like whoever dies dies in four. It's not like they're doing that for this if rumors are are kept up. But like yeah, that that but yeah, the trailer in itself was great. We saw we definitely saw what looks to be some semblance of the Black Order Mm -hmm. uh, in in a shot or two. Yeah, apparently Proxima Midnight. I had to slow it down. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's a quick flash of Proxima Midnight when she's throwing her spear and. I, I did slow it down to, to catch a glimpse of the character, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Which kind of makes me worried about something going forward, but we're going to get Black Panther before that, so I'm not, I, you know, I'm kind of curious as the, the state of Wakanda after um, Infinity War. I'm because also thinking... Let him without Namor. <laughs> basically, yeah. Or it just gets messed up either, either way. But um, I'm also wondering, like, there are some of the pieces in place. I'm wondering if we're getting in... Um, or if we could get um, the Illuminati, because there's enough people to do that, just to set that up. And that way, at least some people can, and there are, there are people's contracts that are kind of coming up, but they can still kind of pop in and that are, and some of them are, but we still could get the Illuminati from it. Yeah. They can do a modified version without Black Bolt and Professor X. Yeah. Why I'm not? That up. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what else. They're good at, Marvel's good at doing the superhero uh, shots. Hmm. People running towards the screen type deal, <laughs> or you know, circular view, mm-hmm. which is yeah, cool. Sweeps, yeah, they're just sweeping across a, a thing or some people. So when you were watching this and you saw um, the new version of um, how they are portraying uh, the Spider Sense, did you mm-hmm. actually say out loud, "Oh, Spider Sense," or you were just like, "Oh, yeah," I was kind of, kind of like, "Huh, okay, so there's Spider yeah. Sense." So. If I hadn't seen deleted footage from San Diego Comic Con and stuff, I would have oh. been surprised. Oh, okay. I it's still it. cool to see. Yeah, because I, I know clear HD. Yeah, yeah. There was an article saying that was like, yeah, there's some stuff. There's some stuff that was in that uh, San Diego. They changed the whole trailer up more or less, which is fine. I heard someone saying that the stuff they show at the Comic Cons and whatnot usually is just made just for the fans. Sure. So there's no, it's not meant to come out anyway. I mean, you yeah. It's like some of the stuff might be like just like in Justice League, actually going back to that uh, for a quick second. Like there's some stuff that was in the Justice League trailers that didn't show up in the movie at all. So I mean, sure, that's there's always some stuff that's going to be just just there for that. Yeah, but um, this definitely showed off stuff people men um uh, uh, not mentioning uh recognizing characters missing from the trailer. Oh yeah, right. Definitely, definitely. Hello, Clint Barton. Where are you? Come in, Clint Barton. Yeah, which we know there, but yeah, we don't know what capacity. Right. So. You know, we're trying to figure out a couple things. You know, obviously, I love that one of the main speaking roles in this is T'Challa. And he's like, um, evacuate the city, engage all defenses, and get this man a shield. 
yo, yo, <laughs> your stuff together. <laughs> you know, get your stuff together. What are you doing? That's too funny. Good yeah. stuff. I, I'm, you know, just as much looking forward to it as I was already. But you know, we got one more movie before that, which I'm still looking forward to a little bit more. Oh, because you want to see if they can, you know, how they pull off, uh, um, what you call it, the, uh, the, the, just the, the story and the gold, <laughs> the golden, the golden opponent. That's actually, unfortunately, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dreading. Like, I really hope that that it looks distinct mm. on the screen. That it's just not like you know, kind of muddy. Yeah. You know, but that's you know, but it's, you know, hopefully that'll be a minor quibble. Um, yeah. Oh, Tim. Yes. Did, uh, we can bring this up while we're here, since we were, did have it later, but we can bring it up here. Tim did an article on um, a part of the trailer, which actually there's been there's been a few though, because there was obviously like two or three about Spider Sense, and then there was some stuff about this and there, and you know, stuff that supposedly people missed and whatnot, all those that happened every now. But you did an article on one specific um, aspect. You want to talk about it? The Cap Shield, or mm-hmm. so we heard T'Challa's point off camera and tell someone to get that Man of Shield, which we know is going to be Steve Rogers, looking very nomadish. <laughs> but uh, if you slow down the already slowed down uh, Secret Avengers unit running towards the screen on Wakanda or in Wakanda, uh, you kind of notice if you look at Cap's wrist, he's got these kind of got you know twin twin gauntlets on. Uh, each wrist, which could just be sort of like a, a weapon fighting device, but it also could maybe if you put them together, form a small sort of triangular shield similar to what he used in Captain America Steve Rogers series from uh, last year and this year. So possible. Some people also speculate about it could be an energy shield. Yeah. That's what I was. Yeah. So there you see him. He's armored up. There it is. Yeah. And so there's lots of theories to. And it's cool. It was shown from The Walking Dead running with them too. <laughs> It's like, where's your katanas, Michonne? Oh, yeah. People were asking. People were asking about. I was like, why is um, why is the widow's hair uh, blonde? I'm saying like they just didn't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's undercover. I don't know. I don't know why she would have to be at this point. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, totally great. If you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. Yeah, pretty much. Definitely check it out. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so now I guess uh, we we're done with that, or we're transitioning on because we got a good bit to go through. Yeah. We can move on. I don't think there's too much to to uh, to hash over this because you know we didn't talk about the uh, the stinger to the trailer, which is hysterical. There's actually a stinger to this trailer because it goes to black and then all of a sudden we get Thor. Oh right, right, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and we and we have him run into the Guardians. So, but yeah, I saw a theory about that too. Apparently, um, but I don't. I guess that it could be valid. You know, saying something about he's going to run into them, but. Basically, Captain Marvel is going to be the, the the link to get them all working together or something. I don't know. Back to Earth? Yeah. Possibly. That's not a bad theory because she's going to show up in four. And maybe that's how the two teams link up, you know, like the Earthbound and like the Guardians and Thor in space. Right. Well, actually, she might show up here and that be the case. I'm not sure. Like, you know, we know her movie is going to be taking place in the past. So they could just like, hey, because when I was already here, which they've already said mm. and helping out. Right. Well, we shall see. And I'm wondering when uh, when Spidey decides to go pick up the uh, the Iron Spider suit. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, people were wondering about that. I was like, yeah, that was that's actually it looks like a a combination of his like his new suit in Iron Spider. Mm-hmm. You know the way it showed off. But it's like, when does he go pick it up? Because it's upstate. The last time we saw it. Well, maybe he doesn't have to because I mean, Homecoming he did get that um suit. He got the he got the case. Like maybe it's a transforming one or something. Like maybe it's just a mode. Ah. 
Interesting, because he's he's already got the AI in the suit he or he already has. There's and right. it has like bunches of capabilities that got opened up. So. Right. Maybe the suit that he got in the paper bag was right. actually the Iron Spider suit. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, or it's the suit and it's just kind of just like glaze over and armor up or something. Yeah. Right, right. That's not a bad theory. I like that theory because that makes a lot of sense. Because that would save him a freaking trip upstairs. <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd have to get in a car and be like, "Hey, I gotta go pick that up. I'll be right back." Yeah, it's not like it's gonna be one of Tony's suits and it's just gonna just you know web swing to him or something. <laughs> Although I wouldn't hold it. I wouldn't uh, put that past him. Yeah, there is that. So. All right, Tim. So, you know, if you're not up to, uh, you know, if, if you feel like uh, it's uh, it's time to bounce, more than okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to bounce. Appreciate y'all having me on for the trailer and movie discussion of the night. Yeah, man, I was excited to do it. I'm glad we finally did it because we had a chance to hash it out. I've been dying to kind of discuss uh, Justice League with, uh, you know, like uh, with someone with more DC knowledge than I. Oh, yes. You know, right. good. It's y'all. Good. At home, continue with listening and watching the show, and we'll see you back. Well, I will see you back next week. All right. Peace out, Tim. Peace. All right. So now this is the part of the time where we get to books, and I guess since it's the two of us, we can kind of just go ahead and rapid fire this if yes. we got two worth of books. Yes, we will. Rapid fire. So let's start with last week's books, the week of the 24th. Mm-hmm. So let's see if you read anything that I read for last week. But if you want to go ahead and get... um. You didn't read Black Panther? Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so let's just talk about that. So um, it was interesting to go down uh, to kind of explore the unwritten, the untold history of uh, Wakanda. Yeah. You know, I, that's what I got out of this. Uh, I, I got out of this story. Which you, you when, when, when Shuri came back into the fold with, you know, with her new knowledge and powers, you kind of knew that was going to play in at times. And this is one of those times where that's, going to, where that's starting to play in because it's helping with the enemy they're facing now or partially with the enemy they're facing now, not necessarily because what they thought was the case originally apparently is not necessarily the case and it's claw, but they're right. still um, needed some knowledge to, to kind of, I guess, before going into that, the thought, the thing I thought interesting about this particular story, especially in the time that it came is the parallel to Thanksgiving. Oh, of course. Uh, you know, and the founding of um, Wakanda parallel paralleling, you know, the, the founding, quote unquote, of um, America and. Um, right. It's always on the backs of others. You know, mm-hmm. most, you know, most, uh, you know, most uh, uh, civilizations are built on, unfortunately, the backs of, um, you know, people who are stepped on, you know, you know, people are climbing, you know, somehow someone has to climb the ladder. So. And I say Thanksgiving is not as event, but the, the time that this like the story that came around just so happening to, you know. Exactly. And it also ties into the supernatural aspects of the story that Coates is telling about, you know, about how the gods have kind of uh, deserted the uh, people of Wakanda. And, you know, it all it all sort of um, uh, it all circles back to that as well and, and, and reestablishes the, uh, you know, the, 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 the links to uh, Bost and, you know, some of these other um, Wakandan um uh, uh, deities that you know have played major roles in the story. So, right. uh, who were men who ended up with the power of the gods in kind of way, or you know, or yeah, with the mythos of the god, right? God in the world, which I was like, okay, the, the you see a little bit of the long game going on here, and and it was appreciated, but you know, not even a but, but um, we see also Thunderball, like mm-hmm. they're they're using Thunderball, you know, and I kind of appreciate that because it was like it, it's kind of giving um a, a new wrinkle to that character. Like we don't know to what end that's going to be, but they basically specifically said it was like you know this could for him this could be you know uh, um redemption or some redemption. Thank you. 
Yeah. Excuse me. But they don't really trust them, but they're going to use them for whatever you use them for or not, you know, for right now. Okay. But I thought it was I thought that was a good thing they were they were doing that because like that character even, that character was already showing signs of you know like that he could be he could be a better used and better utilized character especially with with his genius sure with his, it had always been it had always been hinted at even in stories where you know it's it's usually just a wrecking crew being kind of um, uh, patsies for an Avengers team let's say you know Thunderball was always the uh, the uh, the the wisest of the bunch. You know, even though the record was the most powerful with the most powerful weapon, um, you know, it was always uh, Thunderball that, you know, kind of planned a lot of their their uh, their activities. So, you know, it's nice to see that uh, they're, they're looking to redeem this particular character. Yeah. Which which again, I said this before, so I won't go back. Uh, this was something that was said in, in Illuminati a couple of years. Uh, was it last year, a couple of years back, you know, by Thunderball. It was like, you know, I'm just as smart as any of those folks. So mm-hmm. I should I should be up there with them. <laughs> Kind of, he didn't necessarily say that last part, but it was kind of the, you know, yeah, kind of implied that he was said something like that. So, like I said, it is good to see that somebody picked up on that. If they if they did pick up on that, but somebody picked up on that and decided to use it for whatever reason. So, Alrighty. Um, you want to pick a book? Uh, you got, you've got a few more than I. So, to have a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur twenty five. You didn't read that one? I'm kind of surprised. Gosh, sorry. No, that's okay. So, um. Lunella is without Devil Dinosaur and has been, and this is another one of those. Slightly thoughtful, um, introspective issues, but we have the appearance of the thing in Human Torch soon to, to headline their own book pretty soon, coming to New Lunella to give her some old stuff of Reed's, one of which includes Herbie. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, so um, I assume something's going to something's going to happen with that. But the 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 crux of the story is them coming along. Basically, Johnny getting into his feelings about like nobody, nobody wants to, you know, nobody knows that the Fantastic Four won't come around anymore. So he's all up in his feelings about that, which slightly, uh, in a way, mirrors a thought or two of Lunella's about her place, you know, being alone and not having, you know, not have anyone around anymore because she had Devil Dinosaur, but that was what it was. No one that understood her and no one did actually really care so much. She even goes so far as to say, like, yeah, she tried to look for uh, Reed Richards, which we know that that's going to be a storyline that is coming up in um, in Ben and Johnny's book, I believe. Mm-hmm. Might even be in here also. I'm not sure. Sure, sure. But Might be on the periphery of it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe involved on the periphery of the search. Right. You know, because she's one of, you know, she's the, the smartest person now, so. Mm-hmm. So the the rest of the issue is basically them talking about that and then Lunella showing them, basically telling them, is like, like I said, trying to find Reed Richards, but she couldn't find him. But uh, the next time they see each other, uh, which they happen to go to Lunella's school to look for her for some reason, because they want to, but which they never really got to, I don't remember. And um, when they're interrupted by one Silver Surfer who comes with um, a message but not only does he come with a message, oddly enough, <laughs> he comes with the Galactus, mm-hmm. and now Lifebringer. Right. Um, which I thought this, the the surfer's uh, characterization actually there was a well, yeah, the, the surfer's characterization in itself seemed a little weird in this issue, um, as was thing in in Human Torch's you know uh, dealings with him because it was like okay, why are you just gonna like y'all have been friends? He comes along, he says this, which doesn't sound right. Then y'all start a fight, and then Lella breaks breaks it up, and then um, you know, which seems to happen around her, because like even the last time when when um, 
Ben and, and Amadeus Cho showed up. I was like, okay, like they got into a fight and then she had to break <laughs> up and then, and then, you know. They have to show her as the level-headed one always. Yeah, basically. So, but it just so happened that she broke it up and then right after that, Galactus shows up. So then that ended the, the, the issue. I'm like, overall, it was a good issue. You know, it, it was kind of funny spots, but it was like, this just it's part of it just seemed a little weird. I, it may be mischaracterized. I'm gonna have to read this and see how see uh see how that reads. Yeah. All right. So let me take a let me throw out a book here. Thanos number thirteen. It is the the start of a storyline called Thanos Wins. Um, this is definitely a a good entry point for readers who are looking to kind of um study up on the character of Thanos. And it's a good or Thanos. It's a good um I think it's Thanos actually, but um uh, because it's actually a Greek name. Believe it or not. I have, a, I have a buddy who named his kid Thanos. I'm like, why would you curse your kid with this name? <laughs> named his kid Harley Quinn. That's true. Um, so so uh, getting back to this book, um, it's a definitely a good jumping on point for readers who are only maybe vaguely familiar with the character of Thanos. Um, we actually see him get... Um, uh, kind of connect with the MCU slash uh, Marvel Universe version of the Chitari because now they're sort of one and the same. And um, there's an appearance in this issue by a character who who Kate's Donny Cates, a former guest of the show, introduces in this as a Ghost Rider. But he also mentions that this particular version of the Ghost Rider may be familiar to us, so we may know this character as somebody else. Kind of uh, psychopathic, kind of. Um, uh, you know, kind of uh, not all there. And, uh, you know, this this particular version of Ghost Rider is serving a master. And I won't spoil exactly where uh, where this goes, but there is some time travel involved. And um, it's actually a fairly interesting read. It's not bad for a first, you know, f- for, uh, for it's, it's, it's fairly new reader friendly. That's what I was looking for. So if you're looking for kind of a new... Uh, place to jump on and 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 read about what Thanos is up to, what Thanos is up to uh, in the Marvel universe. I definitely would recommend this book because it definitely is entertaining. It reads, um, you know, with uh, a little bit of a twist at the end because there is a twist at the end uh, on the cliffhanger page. So um, give it a shot. It's actually uh, uh, pre- pretty entertaining. Thanos and Ghost Rider. That seems weird. Oh, enough yeah, of- it's definitely yeah, it's definitely out of the ordinary. It's definitely out of the blue. So you know, if you have an opportunity over the weekend between this week and next to read it, it does read fairly quickly. Um, you know, luckily the uh, you know the art is is is, uh, is is rock solid. So you know you you won't be distracted by it. It's 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 solid. You know, Jeff Shaw. I'm not familiar with this artist, but uh, his work on this is top notch. Right. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, next up for me, hmm. um, I kind of wish uh, Tim was here, but I don't know if he read it or not. Uh, Teen Titans 14. Okay. So this was the continuation of, uh, the previous issue where, um, uh, Red Arrow, AKA Emiko uh, Queen and Robin try to basically team up against Onomatopoeia, but things, even though they won the fight, they lost because he had already set up some stuff in motion that caused a tidal wave to come barreling towards uh, Star City. So um, they, being on their flying bat thing, try to stop it, but they can't. So they call in uh, the, the rest of the Titans who are with uh, Kid Flash, a.k.a. Black, uh, Black Wallet West, excuse me, <laughs> but, um, um, who are basically talking with him at the time that he was being called. And weirdly enough, Robin is strangely human 
because he, when he calls them, he's like, look, I know I'm not the the, the, the best person. Like, I know I'm not the person y'all want to really talk to. And I know I'm this and that and the other, but I really need your help. Like, he's actually asking for help, which is uncharacteristic for him. So and so the call got put out and they, everybody rushes to help him, including uh, Kid Flash, who they end up um, having a nice little quick team up against uh, Anamapia after the after the tidal wave gets stopped, which was cool. And um, uh, um you know, after everything's said and done, a, a nice little. If you've seen the CB Caps um, Instagram account, I posted a page uh, from there, which is actually the last page, but you, you know, the context in, in which Robin is struck speechless because something happens uh, with with him and um, Red Arrow, which I thought was kind of cute. So for that, it, it was a, a pretty cool read. And outside of him being slightly human, you know, <laughs> ahead of it. So it was a good read, though. Real quick. All right. Um, the last book I have for last week is Doomsday Clock Number One. This is the much anticipated uh, sequel to uh, Watchmen, and it definitely does read like a sequel to The Watchmen because um, we uh, find ourselves in uh, uh, in you know neck deep in a story involving uh, Rorschach. Now we don't know. We we definitely suspect that this is not. Um, the original Rorschach that we had been following in the first Watchmen. And we're introduced to a couple of new characters who are uh, brought in, um, you know, I guess to, uh, to add to the story, um, they're uh, criminals that, uh, that Rorschach is, uh, is recruiting. And um, we find out that Rorschach is actually working with um, none other than spoiler bell, even though it is from last week. We find out that uh, this version of Rorschach is uh, working with uh, Ozymandias, of all people. So um, ultimately, where we find ourselves is at the end of the issue, tying the Watchmen continuity into, or at least uh, um, uh, sowing the seeds for the uh, tying into of the Watchmen continuity into the DC continuity. It happens at the very, very end of the issue. So a lot of this issue, a lot of this book is basically setting up the aftermath of the Watchmen miniseries. And um, we only at the very end get to um, the, 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 the soon to be uh, uh, established tie-in into the DC universe proper. Okay. Um, technically, that's, that's it for me for last week. Yeah, technically I've done three, but I want to give a shout out to a book though, since we, since we kind of tag team Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, clue number six. This was the last issue of that book and it went out, um, it actually went out fairly different from what you would think it would have. Uh, so if, if you've not read the story, uh, and I don't know too many people who did, so this is the, a comic book telling of a board game. Right. Uh, hence the name. There was also some, especially in this issue, and I think the first one, there was a couple of good, or at least one or two, which now to think about, it, I totally forgot to uh, post, um, good references to the movie. One one particular reference to the movie that I know if, I know PC and underscore Dirt would appreciate, because uh, I kind of wish he was here for that one. I don't know if he'd read it or not, but um, there was one reference that I expected to see, and I saw it, even though it wasn't at the time that it, that you expected, but again, this book was kind of ex- um, kind of subverting your expectations. Uh, I will not spoil what happens at the end of it. All I will say that it did end up satisfactorily satisfactorily satisfying. Satisfactorily. Satisfying. Well, I can't right now, so but I do know words, I promise. Either way, it ended out great, and I, I was about to say I probably couldn't talk about it because I'd end up being killed. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> If 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 you go by what happens at the end of the book, um, then yeah. But like I said, it 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 was an interesting way they chose to end it. Much less um, 
there were some shades of naturally wasn't even that many more shades of the, the of the movie um outside of the reference that I that I said earlier just minutes ago but I thought I'm like okay this was different a definitely different way to go about things than you've actually seen in any iteration of Clue okay that's much because there's not there been that many but nevertheless I thought it was I thought it was a good um a good turn so go check it out if you're a fan of Clue and or the movie like so there's not that many references it doesn't t- tie that close to the movie at all but it's a good story around the game slash movie should check it out all right um you want to move on to this week's books yep all right so as we move to this week's books it looks like we do have one book in common between the two of us that is surprisingly enough neither a a marvel or dc book but a dynamite book right it's a license book on wick number one hello mr Vick. so (laughs) so roddy and i did have a chance to discuss this while uh we were waiting for our co-host to get set up so that we could have our big bang our 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 big uh justice league and uh and and infinity war discussion so um this is actually uh a story that's told in flashback and helps to um uh flesh out some of uh, John Wick's origin story. And I love the, the structure and the story that Greg Pak has put in this. And I, you know, I appreciate the story he's telling, but I, you know, the, uh, the art by Giovanni Valletta or Valletta kind of, you know, kind of, you know, took me out of my, uh, my, my comfort zone because it felt way too much like a, I hate, you know, no offense, sir, you are a professional artist, but it felt too much like a tryout book. And see, this is where we differ because um, I thought the art fit what they were trying to do, especially uh, not necessarily going noir with the whole thing. But, you know, if you've seen uh, John Wick, either of the movies, there is a style that that movie has a um, little bit gritty, a little bit, you know, lo-fi, but still effective in, in, in spots. And I thought that the art here worked to that same end. Well, but at the same time, you could definitely see the influence, the heavy, heavy influence, and even Keanu Reeves would would, would would agree to this, the heavy influence of like Hong Kong cinema, you know, we're talking like, um, uh, um, you know, the, the, the shoot 'em ups from like the, the 80s and the 90s uh, in the John Wick movies. And, you know, it's not necessarily a noir look, but there's definitely a, a darker feel. And, and uh, I just was not overly impressed by the art and i apologize like i said it, it just didn't feel like this is a li- this is a licensed book and if i felt like there should have been more effort to put in effort put into maybe making it a more uh detailed um looking uh style of art you know i picked up the uh, the dennis cowan bill Sinkevich alternate cover and maybe that just kind of raised my expectations a little higher because it's pretty cool i mean yeah, I guess. Well, and one would, but one would argue that they don't really give licensed book a whole, whole lot of. They give licensed book just enough to get by. I'm not saying that's that's going on here. That's not always right. That's not all. Yeah, I, I actually, you're probably right with that because sometimes the the publishers aren't getting as much of the money because it's a license because they're paying for the license. Right. So they're just kind of like, all right, just put this back to put this out, and you know, you see that in the video game license books more like, even though some of them supposedly are all right, I, I would need to check out some of them. But yeah, license books don't necessarily get a whole heavy lot of um, play art. I mean, um, budget. I guess you want to say I don't know if that's the right word to use, but we got a great park on it, which is a great writer. You know, this I think I still think the art here works for the story. Like the, the story, which I guess we could get into real quick, as you kind of alluded to, was. Uh, Early John, it's like this. Seems like it's like we know it's before the first movie, definitely. Right. We don't necessarily how far 
Um, we know this is like it could be like a few years, like probably a good 10, 15 years. We don't know necessarily because what we see is a younger John Wick. He there's a flashback to sometime earlier when he really? was a kid. right, yeah, uh, with, with the crew that he was, I guess, running with or whatever the case may be, or running from, I guess, at that point, uh, that he was around, and then one of them is coming back to the present sense of the, the story, and he ends up squaring off with them. Um, Okay, yeah, Matt's got a point that I'm gonna I'll make up in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we see him interacting with this person who finally recognizes deal with them. He also runs into a younger Chiron, uh, who who I guess what it sounds like reintroduces or introduces them to the life that we know he gets into in the movies, right? Um, all he starts to anyway, but also in the movies, as both of the movies um, <laughs> have. Uh, Stated, there's always some Russians after him. So, this book is going to have some Russians trying to kill him in the same vein as the movies. So, they're not really going, right, possibly cartel people too, because they are dealing with you know the southwestern parts of the United States, right? But you still some of the, see some of the main, same beats as the movies, like like I said, Russians trying to kill him. There's a continental, but but in that place, right? Um, you know, there's some protocol apparently. He's, Right. This may be this may be, you know, the introduction of the character to the network that exactly. is uh connected to all the various continentals around the world. So um Yeah, they, I think that was kind of said either right. in both in this book and you know outside of right. the, the lead up to this book. So right. So overall I like the setup. I like the story. I you know, I'm a fan of Greg Pak. I'd be willing to to ta- I hate to say this. It feels so it sounds so elitist. Uh, you know, I'd be willing to tolerate the art just so that I can read Pak's story, you know? Um, because I'm going to enjoy, you know, it's, 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 you know, because it is in, in a sense, fleshing out the character story, because this is the stuff that we're not going to see in the movies. And, you know, with the blessings of the, uh, the characters, uh, creators, um, uh, Pac has some freedom to, uh, you know, to wheel and deal in the story. And that leads me into, um, something that, that, uh, 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 good old at Matt Wang 97 tweeted at us a few minutes ago about, um, the licensed books and how much freedom they get to play around and how much the fees are, because um, I guess there is, you know, a minimum uh, guarantee to what the, uh, the book is going to pay out to the licensor, um, you know, the, the, the party licensing the property to the publisher. And, you know, there, there's a, a, you know, there's the, in, in order to um, make a profit on the book, maybe they can't get the most established, uh, you know, they can't pay the highest page rate, you know, to, to a certain artist. Right. So, but, uh, but either way, you know, I guess, uh, I, would you, would you agree that this is a good start to, uh, a John Wick story? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I'm actually kind of, well, I would say I'm kind of glad that we're not, that's probably won't be another movie, but, but we don't know there's not going to be another movie. There's going to be another movie. There's going to be a John Wick three. More than likely. Um, how they ended too. So I, because of how they ended too. True. It's true. Um, but I think this this makes for a good prequel slash, I guess, kind of orange story. Not necessarily. Well, I guess that we don't know. I guess we will get into that because this is only the first issue. This is a good prequel slash origin story for this universe, which I know they said they we do know they said they were going to try to set up in this book. So it's cool. Like I'm looking forward to the next one. All right. So uh, let me move on to another book, and I need to go check out something real quick though. Why you? Right, so let me. Yeah, I was about to say let me let me jump to another book because I don't think we have any other books in common this week. Um, Spider Gwen number twenty six. And I know that, you know, some people aren't the biggest fans of uh, Robbie Rodriguez's art. I still, I still dig it. You know, it's just kinetic. It's, um, you know, it's, it's gotten to a point where I can, you know, my eye follows it easy, easily because uh, maybe I'm just used to it. But um, it's definitely, 
uh, got its quirks and, um, oh no, <laughs> at Matt Wang 97, for goodness sake, it's, a, it's always going to be a pet involved when it comes to John Wick. Uh, check out his latest tweet. Um, but getting back to, uh, Spider-Gwen number 26, this is, um, the latest chapter in the Gwenum story. Uh, this is the, uh, this earth's version earth. I think it's earth 65. Um, this version of, uh, the venom symbiote and spider Gwen's dealings with it. Um, this is actually a very entertaining story. It may not be completely reader, fr- uh, new reader friendly because it definitely, um, circles back to several characters who have ha- played pivotal roles in, um, uh, spider Gwen's story up until now. So this may not be the best place to jump on. Um, several characters uh, reappear after having been out of the loop for, or at least out of sight for a number of issues. But if you have been keeping up with this story and you understand that this is um, the Spider-Gwen, the Latour and Rodriguez version of uh, Spider uh, Peter, of Peter Parker kind of, um, you know, mining the depths of his darkness, and but this being uh, Spider-Gwen's version of that, then, you know, if, you, if you're... Uh, if you're into that uh, idea of a story, you need to get on this now because this is actually really entertaining. Huh. Yeah, I'm a few issues behind on Spider-Gwen. And I can't remember. Well, there was a couple of things that got me behind and I was just reminded of one of them. Um, but this is definitely entertaining. Like, I I don't remember what exactly happened in the last issue. Um, I'd have to dig up the back issue. But, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I enjoyed reading this from front to back because it was just, you know, it was just pretty, you know, it was pretty fun. There was a lot of stuff going on. And like I said, despite it not being new reader friendly by it, using a lot of, um, characters kind of weaving, you know, weaving the, the character storylines back into spider Gwen's story, uh, you know, kind of brought me back in and I was like, oh, okay, so this is how this character kind of ties into this now. This is where they've been. This is how they, you know, this is how they're going to move forward from here. So that definitely got me back grounded in the story. So um, I, you know, I definitely appreciate the story for uh, this, you know, this issue for uh, kind of getting me back into the fold. Right. Cool. Cool. What do you got? Well, you know, at Matt Wang is waiting to hear about Darkhawk. Yeah. He's going to have to. <laughs> um, actually, I'm kind of surprised you didn't read that one. Um, Couldn't get to it. Couldn't get to it. Gotcha. Let's see. Talk about that. Um, Secret Warriors, Warriors number nine, which I know is a, another book that Matt actually likes because I think, according to him, we got him into it. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun, slightly fun issue. Uh, this it starts off kind of weird because if you even if you have kept up, you were like, wait a minute, did I miss something here and there? But now I've come to find out, you didn't. It's just that the story takes place. Um, kind of at the end, but in the middle of the, the, the way the story's been going. So we find out part of the, the team, uh, including Magic, has been taking kids who've been kidnapped by Dark Beast back home uh, to their families. Come to, come to find out these kids are, well, we kind of knew this already, that these kids are inhumans, including uh, Inferno's niece, who um, I think is still captured now that I think about it. But... Uh, uh, so in the midst of them taking these kids home, it, there is a kind of a jump in time in, uh, in here because uh, while they're taking the kids home, they kind of jump to another spot in time to where uh, they're actually it kind of goes back and then goes forward because they're taking these kids home and then Dark Beast shows up uh, and they get into a little scuffle um, because he's trying to find Karnak for Mr. Sinister, who shows up also in the midst of that little uh, scuffle, uh, leading them all after Dark Beast and Sinister leaves to 
find Karnak because as we found out in issues past, uh, Sinister and Karnak were working together to um, to find another source of Terogenesis. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but we find out in this issue that, you know, once the team catches back up to Karnak, who's working for his cousin, who's Black Bolt's son, I guess. I'm not sure who yes. did it. Yeah. Um, Ahura. Mm-hmm. With his company, which that's kind of funny in itself because there was a funny scene between them three when um, Connick interrupts a, a board meeting for a specific specific reason, reason um, that you'll have to read to find out why, but it ends up being kind of funny. It's like how that all works out. But anyway, um, come to find out that Connick is not working with Sinister and, um, you know, some other things happen. But like I said, the, most of the, the issue is them trying to get these kids home, which ends up to uh, when they take like the last kid home. They find out that there seems there that Sinister had some dealings. He mm. did something uh, seemingly with the kids that they didn't know about, or at least the, the one kid in particular. Uh, and the the issue ends on the cliffhanger. But outside of that, like I said, the Secret Wars has been a consistently fun book. You know, even with everything going around it, and like I said, coming out of the whole Secret Empire thing, you weren't really sure what they were going to do with it. Sure. We don't know how long it's going to last, but um, it's been a consistently fun book. Cool, cool. I need to catch up. Yeah, it's it's cool. All right, I'm well, pretty interesting writing, <laughs> or, or amusing writing, almost Al Ewing esque. Okay, all right. So I've only got one book left this week. Uh, it is Batman Annual Number Two. Um, this is uh, written by Tom King with art by Lee Weeks and um, also by Michael Lark. So if you're familiar with these two artists, um, they keep a, a fairly consistent look. Uh, between their two art styles you know these are not uh new kids on the block no pun intended we're not talking about oh oh, oh the right stuff we're talking about artists who in fact have you know complementary art styles so um tom king is definitely leaning hard leaning so hard into this story that he's telling in the main batman book of um batman finally choosing to um settle down and uh you know with one uh, selena kyle uh, the Catwoman, and this particular annual um, is titled uh, Date Nights and Last Rites, and you can kind of figure out where that, you know, just from that, you can figure out how um, these two stories kind of interweave uh, into each other, um, talking about how um, uh, Batman and Catwoman's courtship has been going on for a long time, and also um, tells the story of, I guess, their... Um, uh, the final days of their of their relationship, and uh, you know, kind of flashing forward very far into the future. So um, it's you know, it was an interesting read. Um, the art pretty much kept me engaged because it was so consistent. I'm not so keen on the storyline, to be honest. Maybe um, it it seems like it's one of those things where. Um, you know, back in the '80s, they decided to get Spidey, you know, Peter Parker, to marry Mary Jane, and it's going to take a one more day thing to uh, <laughs> to undo this, right? Like the DC version of One More Day to uh, to undo uh, Tom King's uh, story here. Um, I, I'm wondering if it's going to come to that, but um, you know, it's it, it. I'm I'm entertained by it for now, but I'm hesitant to become fully invested in it. Mm. Okay. This will be another one to, to be to that would have some curious uh, curiosity on um what Dirt thinks about it being him being the Batman fan of the most of us. Sure. So all right. So I guess for my last one, even though I did do a couple more books, but nevertheless we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it flat. Um of course one of those ones could be my book of the week. We don't know. Um Dark Hawk, number fifty one. I guess I will you talk. Matt Wang wants to read it. He want he can't wait to read it. He already oh, read it. 
Huh? <laughs> he already tweeted. He can't wait to read it. Yeah, so I, I won't spoil it uh, too much about it, but um, it is definitely interesting for one shot. And I also will say that it was uh, written by the team of local team of Chris Bauer. Uh, excuse me, Chad Bowers and um, Chris. Oh shit! I'm gonna. I'm totally gonna fuck up the names. It's Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. There we go. Okay. Of um, formerly of. Well, I guess he still is. Comic line still around, or I can't remember because I know he was writing for them, or he was like. Probably. Anyway, regardless, so they wrote it. Um, and this is an older Chris. Which now I will go ahead and preface this by saying that I don't remember too much about Dark Hawk outside of um, New Warriors. His or what a couple of issues of his book early. You know, I guess this was a kind of a '90s book, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his uh, a couple of issues of his stint with the Avengers around that time. That outside of that, um, I don't know that much about him. I don't, and I haven't read Annihilation or any of the the cosmic books to where he. I know he shows up in a couple of them. And as a matter of fact, they make reference to War of Kings. Oh, okay. Uh, in in this issue, but the the crux of the issue is him uh, still having the the amulet, but not the power. Um, I guess after what happened in the last issue of his book. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what exactly to say without that's not going to spoil too much. But I would say this is him trying to adjust to life um, after that. But as things tend to go, um, he's getting like nightmares uh, related to the dark out powers and and the um, and things around it. Uh, he has his he has a fiance that he's about to marry. Uh, he has a job with the police like his old man did, who was uh, apparently a cro- crooked cop. Uh, and I guess this was stuff that was from that that was in his um, original book that was kind of played with. So there are definitely references to old Dark Heart uh, material here. But this is him like uh, trying to be better than his dad and trying to adjust his life without, you know, without his powers. They, they, they even showed the champions because like there's because I think his fiance was like, well, it doesn't have any power. You need to get rid of it. Give it to the Avengers or somebody, or, you know, and um, and he's kind of wrestling with that because he don't want to just get rid of anybody. And he kind of speaks about taking it someplace. OK. Uh, uh, to get rid of it, but he has to go to work. So in that, him as a, a police officer gets pulled into something that takes him back to where it all starts. Let's just say, okay, and uh, pulls him into something that changes his life again. Let's say, alrighty. But since it's a one shot, we don't know if it's going to go into anything or not. Right. But there are some things that uh, if they were to. Um, if they were to start another book or he shows up somewhere else that they have something to go off of. Let's say. All righty. Uh, Chad and Chris are, uh, are the same ones who did X-Men 92. We should, we should point out. Um, we need, probably need to try to get, cause I know, like I said, I know they're both local. I know Chad specifically is local cause he's, he's here where I am. Yeah. I was gonna say local to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think Chris was last, at least last I had talked to him was, Moving the North Carolina. It doesn't really matter, but I don't know if I because I used to see him at the comic shop that I used to go to, but that shop's no longer around. I hadn't seen him at my new shop, so I don't know. So maybe we can get in contact with him some kind of way and get him on. But they've, like I said, they did X Men 92s, and that book, all told, was actually pretty decent. And I know uh, Chad's been doing like Sword Quest and has a couple of other books under his belt. So and this is the one of the other books that they've done together. And like I said, it seems like if they choose to play, uh, you know, if they get enough to play back into that to that world, they got something to go off of. At least starting off, you know where it could go. Who knows? Because Dark Hawk was one of those characters for me that was like, it's cool, but it was a very nineties thing. It's, you know, yeah, I was gonna say it's not exactly something that I'm clamoring for, uh, right? Yeah, they, they, you know, 
like I said, very much a, a 90s thing, and a lot of stuff in the 90s were not necessarily stuff that could or should very well stick around. That was a, it was a time in comics, let's say. But like I said, it was this was a good read. And I'm like I'm interested to see if they actually if there's call to do some more stuff with this. Right. So I, I wanted to ask you about one book that you read. I have not been reading this book, but I love your notes on this because it references a new edition song. And- <laughs> Yes. Um, it put it in my head automatically, and um, that's going to be the song for the for the show um, as we go. The outro. Think about stuff, but but uh, but yeah, just could you just you know talk about that just a little bit? Sure. So what what we're talking about is U.S. Avengers number twelve. Um, this I'm not sure if this is the last issue of this book, but we do know that at the end of this issue goes into the forthcoming Avengers No Surrender storyline. And it doesn't sound like that this team's, or at least given the last panel, may or may not make it out of. But this was the second issue, second end conclusion of the Cannonball Run uh, storyline, which was only two issues in a way. So what happened was Cannonball was out in space, uh, got kidnapped. Well, excuse me, back up, back up, back up. So during... um, I shouldn't probably go back on this, but whatever. Secret Empire happened. The shield got put up. We all talked about this before. Uh, somewhere during that, Cannibal uh, got kidnapped, even though people thought he was dead. He wasn't dead because Izzy, a.k.a. Smasher, had a tracking device on him because, you know, that's what you do when you're married, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, but they they went to find him. The team last issue went to go to find him. They ran into some uh, opposition at first in, in true Ewing style, which ended up being amusing they also ran across or uh, cannonball in his captivity ran across a fictitious um small town a la riverdale version of riverdale and the characters which we come to find out are all being played by scrolls of course of course so uh and where the song lyrics come into which i i thought was kind of funny was no i should preface this because when i put my that song i referenced in there is this the end which is what uh, agent agent 70 is talking about I was still reading it. Mm. It's the part where song references started coming about. So the song references in question are, you know how every time one of the team, if you've read one of these books, every time one of the team members are introduced, they have like the name and then have a little little footnote underneath about them. Mm -hmm. Well, all of the footnotes about them were song song titles. Mm. Okay. Uh, so and I like I said I did not know that at the time that I put because I kind of figured I was like well wait because I think and I don't know what made me think about this was the last issue of the book but because I, I haven't don't think I've seen anything saying one way or the other but we again we know Avengers No Surrender is coming so you know there's something that's going to change all that so like I said, throughout the course of this story a whole bunch of you know when they introduced all the characters all, all of them had some song some song title ah, I see with them it starts on the first page yes so I was like huh okay. And like I said, and just kind of go through that. That and then we like I said, we find out about the whole thing with the scrolls and them making up this town somewhere deep in space because they're trans. They're um, going out and try to get old um, broadcast broadcast streams from Earth. So they were trying to find something to, um, you know, they were basically actors playing stories, and it got one of them got a little too real with it and got a little crazy and. Uh, started banishing people and this and other so it's it's kind of funny because this is like it is totally riverdale you could totally see it like this is definitely archie in an archie book and then they even you uh, even references the newer characters that has come along in the, the recent years um and puts them into a a state you, you might say um and but so it's just you could kind of parallel this to what's going on with the state of archie i doubt don't think you would or could or should but 
you can make it a character you can make it a parallel to what some people may think about that whole thing so i thought this was good for al ewing because like I said, he's he's good for just throwing some some fun into his books and just you know having having a good time with it but this one seemed like you can definitely make some parallels of some people's thought about some of the stuff that happened in that you know in that world in this okay. so you get a I, chance I, I was about to say, I, I totally need to like look up some of these songs on my Spotify. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Like, what is that? Right. Especially when you get to like, um, what was it? Not Squirrel Girl. Cause I can know. Yeah. That one too. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, with, with, with Roddy's uh, suggestion anyway. I already queued it up. So we're good. Yeah. So check this book, check this book out. It's, it, like I said, you may want to read last issue. You don't necessarily need to, but I mean, it's it's only a two-parter and it's real silly and has nothing to do. Well, it has very loosely to do with what's been going on previous to this because, like I said, it's coming out of Secret Empire anyway, and the um, their part in it was loose. There are some things you'd be like, okay, what you know, what's going on with this and that kind of stuff, but you could probably get by reading this without all of that because, like I said, it's the state of what's going on with AIM is in flux or it's kind of in flux. Gotcha. Because they they've gotten some things down, but we don't know. Again, like I said, this this book may not be may or may not be around longer. I'm I'm hoping it is because I'm not sure if Al Ewing is even writing anything more. For oh, and, when uh, which one call it when the new Avengers uh, stuff starts to come down? I think he might be. Maybe I can't remember. So, alrighty. So let's get into clicks of the week. And uh, it's just the two of us because I don't think anyone else. Uh, wrote down their list. So let's do clicks for last week and clicks for this week. Sure. All right. So my click for last week uh, was um, actually Thanos number thir- Thanos number thirteen. Okay. And yours? Um. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Actually, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't thinking about it. Shoot. Um. I actually had a pretty good run of stuff last week. Um. I guess I will go with clue number six. Cool. Because that was definitely an, an interesting twists on what could have gone badly all right and for this week i'm gonna go with spider gwen number 26 surprise 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 and uh this week i am going to go with go with yours since i just talked about it so much but um america was pretty good this week also um hmm. you know what i'm actually gonna go with john wick nice I thought about John Wick. I just was too put off by the art. Yeah, like I don't know this. Like there, the stuff this week and last week. You know, I know you guys read some different stuff from me, but to to me, there were some pretty interesting things in both weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily like blowout blowout standouts, but they were still entertaining enough to to warrant some some click of the week mention. Yes, yeah, some some mentions definitely. So for consideration, yeah, definitely. Alrighty, so so good. A stick of words, so good though. All right, so you got John Wick for this week? So John Wick's for this week. All right. Down. Yeah. All right, so as you're taking that down, I am going to pull up uh, this week, the, our first ad of the night. Um, let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox gaming headsets, PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, and iPod and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order to help keep our podcast free. Order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio, 
through cspn.us. Do it today. All right. Yeah, we're going and, to with the books, and I totally forgot that. Um, I forgot to do the clicks of the week for that amount of time, so I'm about to do that because we have a another running. <laughs> we have another running docu- document uh, going on here. Right, right. So I guess I'll give you some more time and nope. play. We can, we can. The news intro. Actually, all I need to do is. And let us roll with two weeks worth of news. <laughs> we will go through this very quickly, ladies and gentlemen. It is getting late. Mm-hmm. Uh, 98 Crisis. Okay, so at this point, some of the stuff is is old news because uh, the Arrow versus crossover Crisis on uh, Earth X has come and gone. So mm-hmm. there's some news from that that's going to be sprinkled in and out of this. First, starting off, 98 Crisis uh, on Earth X photos revealed by the CW. Um, did you watch the crossover? No, sorry. Yeah, neither did I. I'm still kind of behind on a lot of stuff. I so stopped watching these shows like ages ago, man. So I, I've said this before, but I I stopped at the last crossover in, with the intent of catching up, and I just finished watching that like sometime last week. So I'm still catching up with all of the sh- the, the uh, individual shows to get current. Gotcha. Probably taking me a second, and especially since like Punisher's come out and I hadn't watched that either. But really, oh. yeah. So, but yeah, in due time, it's coming. Holidays, uh, well, not that I have any, not that it matters, but um, well, I mean, it's about, it's about, you know, you still have uh, things, um, uh, what should we call it? Uh, uh going. ending your time. So, you know, at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, you have to, you know, still budget that time so that, uh, you know, you can get uh, this uh, binge watching in, right? Yeah. That and on that note, I hear that the crossover was actually pretty good, which eh, sounded like it. So, uh, next up, since like I said, I think I think I want to say these next two might be related also in that. So, Alt Earth Nazis invade the Flash's wedding in a giant first look of the crossover again. We've already, <laughs> yeah, we'll just read, re- read through some of these, yeah. just to let people know if they need to. Uh, what I was gonna say is just let people know what they're uh getting into when they maybe hit up uh on demand or Hulu, however, it is they're gonna end up watching these. Yeah, there might, there might be a couple of spoilers you might run into with this if you haven't seen it. So, but you know, if you're watching the video more so than if you're listening to us, because yeah. Um, next up, versus Supergirl. Yeah, Arrow versus Supergirl teases no more nice Earth X doppelganger again. More crossover stuff. Gotcha. Um, Crisis on Earth X may have introduced a major DC character. I haven't read this article, so I don't know. And I, actually, I take it back. I may I may have been spoiled on it, but I don't remember at this point. So we're not going to go on that. All right. Uh, now some Justice League stuff. Go for it. All right. So uh, Jason Momoa, uh, the actor playing Aquaman, elaborates on that hero's powers that are going to, I guess, develop in uh, his solo film that were maybe touched on in the Justice League movie. Right. Um, Apparently, the Justice League reshoots erased Aquaman's mythology out of the movie, again, most likely to preserve it for uh, telling in his uh, solo movie. We would like to believe that's the case, yeah. We'd love to. Um, Speaking of something that we actually brought up in our Justice League discussion, fans Mm -hmm. launched a petition asking Warner Brothers to release a director's cut of Justice League. Uh, The director's cut um, uh, they're referencing is a cut that was um, presumably... um, uh, put together by Snyder before Whedon came on to uh, do reshoots. Right. But as we said earlier, this sounds like there might not be enough to have that. And it'll probably be on, on the forthcoming director's cut of the, the Blu-ray or whatever the case may be. Sure. So this is, we're still slightly early in the movie's run and um, there may not be that much competition 
um in the in the theaters because there are, you know there's there's definitely some some animated movies out there and Thor Ragnarok is still in theaters but Justice League apparently could lose uh a decent amount of money for Warner Brothers because you know counting all of the uh the money that's put into marketing this movie um you know all of the uh, the, the the high the big numbers that you see overseas uh are offset by some of the costs uh, incurred in promoting this movie around the world so uh some of the numbers coming back aren't that promising in terms of turning a profit for Warner Brothers. Yeah, although like this article was from last week, so that should be noted. And right. uh, at the time, it was it had a 96 million opening, um, and it said it failed to learn to at least one million. Which I'm sitting here like that's still pretty good, and uh, that also depends on how much was used in the budget for this movie. Is, is the 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 your takeaway from it? But yeah, what I was say, part of the reshoot issue was that it actually caused the film to go way high on the budget oh wait it says here experts estimate the movie's budget at 300 million that's how it got up to 300 because of the reshoots so if that being the case here okay yeah that didn't sound that great because they didn't they didn't make it back that first week but at the same time and i think this might be that might have been yeah that is domestic and not accounting at the time for overseas and a whole other week or two right wait has it been? Yeah, I guess it has been two weeks. Like it's been a full, it's been a solid two full weeks. Jeez, well, that's how long I was badgering PCN underscore Dirt to get on the show. You know, to watch the damn movie and get on the show so we could talk about it. So you know, I it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not that you have been appeased. Exactly. You know, not not necessarily appeased. It's just that I I felt like we that's something we needed to discuss on the show. Sure. Um. But yeah, so it's it's not making the the money, or at least at the time it wasn't making the money that um that been put in it to it, and I don't have any numbers for this week, so it's right. still I'm sure it's still gonna be fine. <laughs> so uh, speaking of uh, the Justice League movie, Henry Cavill, he of the uh, CGI'd out mustache, is contracted <laughs> to play Superman in one more film at this point. Um, so there's the uh you know once uh justice league has been put to bed uh there's one more movie in his contract and um apparently in an interview cavill mentioned that you know it's definitely going to be worth uh telling uh you know worth uh contract uh, worth contracting to uh, wear the uh, the costume again because superman's story story still ne- still has a lot left to be told mm. yeah and also if you're watching the video you can kind of note that this picture was probably taken during the man during man of steel or maybe even bbs i'm not even sure but this definitely isn't doesn't yeah, seem- that face doesn't yeah his face doesn't look the same his haircut doesn't look the same mm-hmm. so anyway small potatoes right oh no don't don't you do it oh uh, no autoplay yeah uh holly quinn adult animate wait wait mm-hmm. nope that's right okay holly quinn adult animated uh series announced from powerless producers powerless the the nbc dc show that didn't last but six uh episodes powerless uh we should note which may or may not be the fault of nbc or people associated with it we don't know that i thought that show was all right either way um there's going to be a series called harley quinn that will let's see sounds like if they get off the ground margot robbie will uh take up the role of that or let's assume that's a wish list so but no more like they'll probably go with somebody like tar strong or somebody uh the series will be will be written and executive produced by some people and is reported to feature poison ivy and some other dc heroes and villains um not sure where oh it says also that um it's probably going to be on obviously dc and warner brothers new streaming service uh we don't have a date for it i don't think nope no potential release date announced for the project 
Okay. So Alrighty. Um, at some point it kind of makes sense because heck, she came out of a <laughs> animated series. Sure. Origin originally. So why not give her her own and capitalize on her still twinkling star? <laughs> so speaking of, right. Speaking of the animated series in which, uh, uh, Harley Quinn made her debut. Apparently, we're digging deep into the archives here. Fox rejected a Batman the Animated Series episode, which would have starred Black Canary and Catwoman on their own. You wonder why? Why would Fox do something? I wonder. Weird. Um, but yeah, I guess they were talking to uh, the showrunners of that and sound like there's a... Oh, while discussing... Oh, they talked to Paul Dini, actually. And he's got a Kickstarter out that he's doing. And they were while talking to him, they brought he brought that up. Oh, cool. Okay. You see the light of day? Mm, maybe not. Alrighty. Uh, let's see. The animated Justice League cast wants a reunion movie, and they need the fans' help to get that done. Yeah. So I saw there was some on Twitter. This um, I th- was it Susan Eisenberg? I can't remember. It might say in here, but um, yeah. So this uh, site called uh, Animated JL, or this Twitter account called Animated JL, said they spoke with Susan Eisenberg, and she said that if we want to just like, animate a movie with the original cast, we need to let WB know and tweet people with the hashtag, and also Andrew M- Romano. Oh, it says Andrew Romano may even come out of retirement to direct it, which would be cool. Okay. Um, thank goodness The Incredibles 2 finally has a teaser trailer. Yay. Jack Jack has lots of powers. <laughs> yes, yes. Which, if you saw the end of Incredibles, you kind of glimpse of all of that. Which He's is a super scroll. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that was my thought. I was like, wait, wait, is, is this really super scroll? Okay. That's but, funny. Yeah. But, yeah, go out and watch that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually still haven't seen the trailer yet. No, just oh, no. too but, Yeah. All righty. Um, moving on. Uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi actor Kelly Marie Tran almost quit before being cast in the movie. Thank so you. apparently, right. So apparently she had uh, never seen any of the films before. Where was she living under a rock? And um, it sounds like a kind of a, a similar story to um, to Gal Gadot because I believe she said before one. It was no, oh, maybe it was. Fast and Furious, but before one of the movies, she was thinking about quitting acting mm-hmm. uh, before she landed the role. It might have been Wonder Woman. I can't remember because I know we talked about it. Uh, so it's kind of a similar thing to that. Um, and this article says that she has never seen any of the films before landing a role, which I find strange. But again, it still happens, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to not be familiar with Wonder Woman. I know it's an iconic uh, you know, piece of pop culture, but uh, it's this is Star Wars, people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. Um. Uh, yeah, but it, it, if you ever get away for that story, go check it out because it's like she seemed like I don't know. I haven't her character seemed like it was going to be cool, but she herself seems like she's pretty lively. Okay, so uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield Ming Na Wen, the actress who also played Doctor Deb Chen on uh, NBC's ER for many seasons, wants to play Catwoman. Stay yeah. Marvel. Don't go to DC. No, you know what? Let her do it. I, if anybody, she look, we already know she kicks ass. Mm-hmm. As as uh, May, she could do a, probably could do a pretty good Catwoman. Yeah, it should be, be a good cat one, but I, I I wouldn't want her to, uh, you know, dive into the DC pool so quickly. I mean, how many actors and actresses have we known already? to do crossed something? over, right? Yeah. Actually, I don't know too many females. I know there's been a lot of dudes, but anyway, we won't go into that. Um, Marvel's Luke Cage season two wraps filming. So, wow, it's going to premiere next year on Netflix. And I'm not sure what else they have going on next year for for Netflix stuff. I guess. Oh, Jessica Jones at some point also. That's right. So. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the uh, what you call it. Those are the 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 ones that came out right before Defenders. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, and, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. With uh, the actress who maybe we missed this when it first happened, but I'm not sure. So if you're watching the video, 
we see a picture of Mike Coulter with an actress, uh, which was a young lady who's apparently playing uh, Tilda Johnson, a.k.a. the Deadly Nightshade, a.k.a. of uh, Occupy Avengers fame. And I've been saying that's like, OK, we need that character needs uh, to be show up somewhere. So we're glad to see that. And uh, apparently she's going to be in season two of Luke Cage. All righty. Um, the. Captain Marvel movie has cast Jude Law as male lead. So Jude Law is reportedly in talks to join Marvel's Captain Marvel as the male lead opposite Brie Lawson. And um, shout out to Marvel for getting um, name name brand actors to star in their comic book movies. Well, and you know what? And yeah, that, uh, <laughs> it's just like Jude Law. Really? Okay. <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm mixing him up with Paul Bettany, who plays Vision. Because when I first started, I was like, wait, isn't he playing Vision? Then I was like, no, that's not him. But it's like, it's like, okay, whoever didn't get their money from the first run of the movies, just come on in. It's kind of the same as with Star Wars, it feels like. I'm like, all right, let's just get all the actors in here. I mean, Black Panther got like almost every major black, <laughs> yeah. black uh, actor and actress in the movie. So I, 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 that's a, before, I think that's a bad example. It's comic book money. It, no, I was going to say, I think Black Panther is a bad example because I think there's more to it than just that. Oh no no totally I know I mean but I'm just saying the example that you want to use is probably just the uh, uh, you know like the um, like getting uh, oh uh, Benicio oh here we go it's coming up Benicio Toro is going to be in Star Wars yeah I was even going to say um, not even Glenn Close in Guardians because no one knew Guardians was going to be successful you know right. but um but uh, you know like the, you know just just the, there's character actors out there you know like really you know like. Uh, 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 character actors that have um, that have well-founded um, uh, careers in uh, Hollywood, and all of a sudden they're popping up in uh, the latest round of Marvel movies. So yeah, Marvel and Star Wars movies, and it's like, oh, really? Come on, they could, they could, they like, like it's basically just, in, yeah, Black Panther side that does just seem like, oh, like just come on and get this money. Sure, it's like, hey, this is definitely going to make money. You know, this is definitely going to get me exposure. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think uh, going back to the article, he's playing, or the report says he might be playing Marvel. Right. Um, uh, okay. That works. That works. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan joins Channing Tatum in Fox Marvel's Gambit. Uh, good luck with that, lady. Um, Lizzie Kaplan of um, Masters of Sex, I believe, and other things. Yeah, Mean Girls, I guess she was also in. Sure. Um, guess what? The movie. That movie. Yeah, just good luck. Yeah. Like, they actually, somebody, I remember somebody on Twitter saying they finally hired somebody outside of uh, Channing Tatum. Tatum, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, saga film or TV series may be possible in 15 years, says Brian K. Vaughn. Okay. Which is kind of a, a funny turn turn of events, but then again, and I guess so. Basically, I think they were talking to Brian K. Vaughn, and I, I know he is on record saying previously that he wouldn't, or he didn't think Saga would be uh, capable of being filmed. Uh, but sounds like he's thinking, well, they're doing Runaways now, which was another one that seemed to be um, hard to do. Which I think, wait, that started already. Hmm. Yes, it has. So, Runaways has started on Hulu already, and yeah, they're already four episodes in. Mm-hmm. I haven't on another show I haven't watched yet. So, but so basically saying, like, sure, they could probably do it, and like he didn't think Runaways was possible to to adapt to TV gotcha. years ago, and now it's on TV. So, <laughs> I was gonna say, Brother Man needs a, a Hulu code, people. Um, 
All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, Warner Brothers is reportedly recasting the DCEU's uh, Iris West in the Flash Flashpoint film. So, the, um, yeah, again, this is just a report. We don't know if it's the case or not. And we, but we do also know that uh, she was supposed there was some deleted scenes from uh, there was a deleted scene from uh, Justice League that she was going to show up in. Also, that didn't didn't make the final cut, which I'm sure will. I, I think it's floating around also, mm-hmm. and because it. Which I guess kind of would make sense because it didn't seem like it would fit with Justice League. I don't know. But again, this is just a report and we don't know if there's any truth to this. It sounds like everything from all other reports is everything still going ahead with that movie as is. All right. Um, next up is a rumor that's been going on flashing hot and cold. Actually, no, wait, I skipped one. X-Men, the animated series showrunner proposes a season six storyline. Can we yeah. let Sleeping Dogs Lie? Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that was a beloved show. Um, Some, maybe not to me. <laughs> It just celebrated its twenty. I think we may have already talked about that. It celebrated its twenty fifth anniversary. Um, there's a book coming out called Previously on X Men: The Making of the Animated Series, and I think uh, and the, during an interview, it came out that, that um, there's a potential storyline for another season six, if for a season six, if they had the chance for it. Alrighty. Um, next up, we have uh, the the ever um, percolating rumor of Disney Fo- uh, the Disney and Fox deal being back on and moving quickly. Yeah, which. Again, uh, rumor, and by the time we heard about it in the first place, there was already right press or no progress going on with it. So we don't know what's going to happen with this. Right. So uh, Marvel uh, officially debuted its first Avengers uh, Infinity War poster after Tom Holland, quote unquote, accidentally leaked it on his Instagram. I liked how he played it. It was pretty fun. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. I, I finally saw that video. And I was like, okay, that was that was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, because you know, you know, that's some good acting. He was just like, oh. <laughs> he's like oh no I, i'm a leaker i'm a leaker so um and obviously we spoke about this earlier at length the first avengers infinity war teaser trailer was released this past wednesday to staggering replay numbers so okay first there was a teaser for the trailer that came the day before and then the trailer that we that right. we, so i was like really a trailer for a trailer this is where we are all right <laughs> the hype machine just you know couldn't stop mm-hmm. kept going the, that trailer earlier so we don't have to really go back far more into it right oh um and we've also talked about and with that the things around it we talked about uh tim's uh article about cap wielding maybe may or may not be wielding a sh- new shield in um infinity war okay, on the spillover page okay mm-hmm. oh yeah sorry i forgot to thought i mentioned that and also there was a an article that i mentioned er- earlier and did, we talked about about the uh, spider sense and we're also actually in this picture uh seeing what i was talking about earlier about this, how the suit, which looks like it could be Iron Spider. Mm-hmm. And I'm just noticing around the left eye that I don't know if that was a thing, like if that was a gaff or that's just like shadowing or something, but it looks like that the piece is about to come off. <laughs> the eye patch is about to come off. Maybe that's just me noticing that, but this could be Iron Spider. So weirdly enough, now that I'm looking at it, it also looks like Ant-Man's uniform slightly with the coloring. I mean, I'd have to take a look at the home. I'd have to look at Homecoming, like that last uh, scene where they, uh, where they reveal the costume. Right. Well, I think the costume they revealed then was still not this and that's why i'm thinking that, that i think it's just that we're looking at it from a different angle um, well sure but i mean but this was this was i think the coloration even of the other costume may not i'm thinking about it may be different uh, I think we're just looking at a weird still to be honest maybe but this also like i said earlier just looks like the the the, the current comic book one especially with the eyes with the glowing eyes thing it, right. it does this though right right, right. So, anyway there's that he's got uh, 
We saw it in, in you saw it in the trailer. Right. So speaking of what we were talking, you know, again, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, we touched on this when we were talking about the trailer. It's an end for some of these characters. Avengers four directors know who they can and cannot kill. So uh somebody gonna die. Yeah. Um, I hate to paraphrase Jar Jar Binks, but um uh, you know, apparently uh, some of our favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe characters are uh, not going to make it past Infinity Four, Avengers 4. Right. Which, I mean, you know, contracts are up, so you can kind of speculate here and there as to who or who may, may or may not be in, you know, the stuff like that. But we still got a few months. Let right. it roll. Uh, speaking of the Jar Jar, there was a funny bit, and uh, this is, I don't think I have it in the lineup, but uh, Janina Gavin Carr, who plays um, the lead character of the, the, the latest uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently talked to the, the voice of, um, there's a video of her talking to the voice of Jar Jar Binks, uh, and that's, uh, rumor or fan theory about Jar Jar being Sith may or may not be, or maybe more true than you realize. Like the video is out there. I have, I don't think I have it in the lineup, but it's, uh, if you, if you go check it out, you can go check it out. It's, it's kind of funny, but moving right along with the news here, um, Ben Mendelsohn plays a pivotal role in Captain Marvel. Uh, ben Mendelsohn of Rogue One, the animated, the animated. I don't know why I said that. The Star Wars story, who played, um, oh shit, I forgot who did the Krennic in that movie, may be possibly playing Jan Rog in the Captain Marvel mm-hmm. movie. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, which means also, if they, if that is the case, uh, they sound like they're skipping. They may or may not be skipping over the Miss Marvel part. And if, if her part gets, I mean, if 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 it plays out like this is going, if it's, this is indeed going to be her urgent story, because um, we know Marvel's going to be there and he's going to be here, and and that's where all that got started. So um, they're just going to skip to. We don't know. I don't know that. I'm just speculating. They maybe maybe they're going to skip Miss Marvel and then go straight to Captain Marvel at the end of it and pass up the uh, marketing and toys. <laughs> Scarf. <laughs> Although you gotta admit that, well, actually, you don't have to admit. You gotta think that, as the as the references tend to happen in these movies, there's probably going to be I'm like, hey, how about this costume? And then she'll have the, the original one with the scarf. I'm like, right. nope. So Ant Man and the Wasp may open a whole entire new multiverse. Uh oh. I mean, it makes sense. They they did. Um, you know, we did see them going into the microverse already, mm-hmm. and and there seems to be probably poised to go back given some of the revelations in the first anime movie so sure all right so the next story i i I found very interesting simply because i i I saw a picture of this actress in blonde hair so channel star dove cameron joins agents of shield cast now i understand that she is wearing her hair blonde and she has voiced the spider gwen character on the i guess the ultimate spider-man cartoon right and uh, this this actress's name is Dove Cameron, and she's joined the cast of Agents of Shield. So you know, and she made the announcement of her role with some help from uh, Agent Phil Coulson, one Clark Gregg. And seeing this actress, I can't help but think she looks perfect as an actual Gwen Stacy for you know the next Spider-Man movie. What are they doing? Why aren't they casting her yet? Holy cow! Mm. Mm, sure, she does have a look. I'll give you that. And you're not right. Look, she does not. No, she's not. You don't even have to convert like. Um, who was Gwen in the amazing uh, in, uh, in 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 the Spidey movies? Um, what's her face? Stone? No, 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 no. Yeah, Emma Stone. But even before that was um, uh, Ron Howard's daughter. I can't remember her name. Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, right. So there's Emma Stone and Bryce Dallas Howard. Then you look at this actress and you're like, yeah, that's Gwen. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's, <laughs> sure. that's Gwen. She could play Spider Gwen. This one. Yeah, I don't. I, I... Totally play Spider Gwen. 
I looked at this video and hearing her talk, I'm like, uh, I mean, like, granted, the acting is a whole other. Oh, okay, it should also be pointed out that this young lady was also she had a she was in a Disney Channel uh, show called Live and Maddie. I don't know some people out there know them, and she was also in the two dis- Descendant uh, TV movies. So you got me, but like yeah. just seeing her and, and 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 hearing, I'm like, yeah, that's Gwen Stacy. They need to cast her right now. We don't know who she's playing, so there's there's no way to tell. Yeah, that would be pretty funny if they cast her as Quinn Stacy in Agents of Shield. Right. Um, had, but yeah, that would be crazy. As long as they don't do like, oh no, I'm doing the Mockingbird. I I will be very upset about that. I'd laugh if they cast her as a multiverse Spider Gwen, and that's how they fit her in. I'd cry laughing. Yeah. Um, Legions of Shadow King is going to be recast. I think we talked about this already. Mm, I don't think so. So Saeed uh, Tagmawi. I'm sorry if I pronounce the name like, oh, aka um, he was in. Wonder Woman, as I can't remember the character's name, so sorry about that. One of the Howling Commandos. Yeah. Um. Wait, no, it wasn't the whole Howling Commandos, but yes. No, but that's it's Wonder Woman's Howling Commandos. I, I said that. Oh, I, I, think, I remember seeing the articles like they they were basically with that character setting up Blackhawks. Hmm. Or it could have been possibly setting up Blackhawks with that character. Um. But this is the same guy mm-hmm. who played that character in Wonder Woman, and apparently he was supposed to play the Shadow King in Legion. Because uh, he was seen on set, and apparently they are recasting the role uh, for some reason. Okay. Uh, James Franco says his X-Men film project will be hard R and really just push it into a new genre. So he's confirmed to be working with producer Simon Kinberg on an X-Men related film, but will not confirm if it's the reported multiple man project. All Look right. We're fan casting it as. Right. So, which I guess, sure, I guess for Franco, multiple man would be the one to do. I don't know. All right. Um, Scooby-Doo's Daphne and Velma are getting a live-action film of their own. Spin-off. The film entitled Daphne and Velma will star uh, Sarah Jeffrey as Daphne Blake and Sarah Gilman as Velma Dickley. You pervs might want, not want to get your your um yourselves up because these are two young ladies. Uh, <laughs> because there is a slight fandom over those two characters in a lascivious sense. Anyway... Uh-huh. Um, it's being produced by the WWE's media subsidiary Blue Ribbon who did uh, um, Vixen and the upcoming Ray uh, animated series and actually actually Tillsdale's Blonde Girl Productions so okay alrighty um, something we were talking about earlier uh, the Crisis on Earth X uh, crossover kills off a major Arrowverse character spoiler alert yeah spoiler alert which got we kind of already Already, the character of Martin Stein has been killed off on the crossover. He was leaving the show anyway, mm-hmm. um, as we've talked about previously. So, yeah, that's a that's the thing that happened. In annoyingly frequent news, um, Andrew Kreisberg has been fired amid harassment allegations. He is the uh, executive producer of both Flash and Arrow. Yeah, finally. So he was uh, last time we talked about it, he was under suspicion, and they finally gave the old X. So good riddance. Uh, Black Lightning powers up in a new teaser promo. Ooh, yeah, I'm. Um, I, actually, I don't think I watched I this. Watch this. I haven't watched this. Gonna have to watch that. Um, Brainstorm has been cast for the Flash. Report. That's a a, a villain for the Flash. I, I think that's been that may have been confirmed. I can't remember, but uh, Kendrick Sampson has been cast as Dominic Lance, aka Brainstorm. I don't know this character. Yeah, that's been the Flash's Rogues Gallery for me, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Once you got paid, like Captain Cold and them, I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't know. Mm. So, um, he was previously on How to Get Away with Murder. I don't remember if he was the one that died. No, uh, but yeah, so okay. yeah, sure. Um, Warner, this is something else we referred to earlier. Warner Brothers is building a Legion of Doom 
across multiple DCEU films. So I guess across the various hero films, they'll also be uh, building uh, the cast of the future Legion of Doom. Right. Hence why I mentioned that earlier when we were talking about Justice League. Because, yeah. And that makes a whole lot of sense because, yeah. you know, so many characters in the Legion of Doom are literally the, uh, the, the, the primary uh, antagonists in the, in the, uh, the hero books. I could still do. Uh, that was the part I didn't say about when we talked about that end credit. I could still do without that, uh, <laughs> that um, version, this version of Luther we're getting. Yeah. At least he's bald. Um, still annoying sounding. That's but. true. So American Gods creators Brian Fuller and Michael Green are exiting the series, and uh, they are no longer the showrunners for the Star series. And um, uh, they were pushing for a budget increase, and uh, apparently they didn't get it. So, yeah, which I've, I've seen a little bit of scuttlebutt on on um, Twitter about there are people saying that's why, well, these were the only reason, they were the only reason why they were watching the show, so they're going to stop. Which is sad news because I hear that show is actually all right. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as acting wise, I've not seen it. I don't know, but yeah, sad news. All righty. Um, Kotaku.com has a first look at the Batman Ninja anime. Yes, I think we've, I feel like we've talked about this before, like around Comic Con, that this was a thing that was going to happen next year. So now we have an animated trailer and it looks pretty good. You know, uh, I have not watched I it. Have to watch this. Yeah. But it's out there. Go check it out. There's two che- two teasers. One in English. One one was one with uh, some titles and one without. Um, like I said, it's got a good look to it already. So check it out. Already, Star uh, Wars. Uh, Daisy Ridley is done after Episode Nine. So she was just talking about. She apparently she only had a um, three picture deal. Deal, and uh, she talked to with uh, Rolling Stone, and she's like, now nah, she thinks she's, she's might be done after. I don't think she seems confident that she's done after the the third after the third trilogy, which would be sad because you know. So far, the character's been good, and she's begun at it. But I can understand, like you know, she wanted to get in and get out, and you know, she would, didn't know of the the commitment. I think it says in the article she didn't necessarily know, you know, how deep it would be until yeah. you know in taking up this part. But like I said, she only had three pictures, and that's it. Alrighty, uh, Benicio del Toro's last Jedi character will be a quote slicer, so it's uh, a version of a hacker. They're basically the Star Wars, yeah, equivalent of a hacker. So I'm like, okay, which again. People get money. <laughs> get money. Yeah. Uh, first clip of Haley Atwell's return as Agent Agent Carter in Avengers: Secret Wars. So we're talking about the animated series that. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's going to be on. Uh, I can't remember what they're calling it, but the uh, Secret Wars is the subtitle of the Avengers. Uh, Cartoon nowadays. Series. Yeah. Uh, it's Avengers something something, but Secret Wars is the thing. So that'll be cool. I have not seen that much of that show. I haven't seen any of it. Now I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of tracking down these episodes. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen like the first few uh, and it seemed like, all right, like some of the some of the same voice work kind of comes back from Earth Mighty series uh, heroes The the art style is what it is. I'm like, it took me a minute to get kind of get used to it from the few episodes that I've seen of it. But it seemed like it might. Right. And they've been doing some pretty good stories from what I all told. Sure. And finally. Goodness, two weeks worth of uh, cinematic news. Uh, we have our first look at the Titans TV show's Robin. Brenton Thwaites as Dick Grayson. So the suit was designed by Laura Jean Shannon, who also worked on Marvel's Iron Man. And Titans is scheduled to premiere on DC's yet-to-be-launched proprietary streaming service in 2018. Yeah. Um, sure. It looks fairly classic. Yeah, yeah. You know, second-gen Robin, not first-gen Robin. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like uh, Tim Drake. No short pants. Actually, we don't. Well... 
No, because with the with the armor like that, it's almost unlike it's so unlikely that he'd be wearing the short pants. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was about to say because we can't we can't see that. We just got a top shot either way. So yeah, I don't know what that show is going to be, but hopefully it's going to work out. All righty. So now we're moving on to the comic news. Yes. So I think we've spoken about this. I definitely think we've spoken about this before. Uh, the creator will take over Jessica Jones when Bendis leaves. Well, yeah, we talked about that part, but uh, what we come to find out that uh, a female creator will take over okay. when Bendis leaves because he said so when somebody asked him on Twitter All or right. on his um on his Tumblr rather, and he basically says that uh, don't you know don't worry about it. It's in good hands, and um, yeah. He, as a matter of fact, he kind of makes a point of saying that. Um, well, he's not updating Marvel's plan because obviously he's gone to the distinguished competition. But uh, don't worry because he's happy for all his babies next to sound like all of his all of the books and the, his um, creations are going to be taken care of. Marvel announces new details about Wolverine's 2018 return, so apparently it's never as easy as it sounds. Sure, yeah, okay. All I know is that he's going to show up in various books, and it's stupid. Right. Oh, right. As a as a as a, the ending credits thing. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. So uh, Brivort on Avengers No Surrenders Hulk Return and New Villain Team and more, blah, blah, blah. Um, Basically, uh, Brivort was talking about, uh, was in an interview talking about what, you know, some aspects of uh, the, the forthcoming November, uh, No Surrender series, which we kind of alluded to uh, talking about U.S. Avengers. Um, there's some stuff. Now, the, the, the other reason why I put this in here is because I found something funny that I, went, that I was like, okay, whoever wrote this article... Uh, asked the question like when uh, I think well, let's just wait. Um, oh, sorry. Here we go. No, no, you're you're good. When oh, because I asked this question like when did Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Doctor Strange become iconic Avengers? Hmm. Because the because the uh, author of the story asked them when them as the iconic Avengers. Avengers yeah. I'm sitting here like really <laughs> iconic Avengers them three. But I, that was me because being an Avengers fan and knowing there was yeah when they started putting the the, the more popular Marvel characters in. The books was kind of taken a little far. Mm-hmm. It's still working out for him, regardless. Regardless, if you um, the the, the the article also talks about the return of Hulk and a new villains team, which um sounds like a bigger version of a, a different team that has shown up in the Avengers past. Masters of Evil. Yep, something compared to them, but not exactly the same. Alrighty, so um from the uh, <laughs> from uh, from the past uh, being uh, redone. Marvel is putting Captain America back in ice. You're saying everything old is new again? Eh, pretty much. Again. So uh, Wade and Sam are going to freeze Cap in the ice, and he's going to find himself in a dystopian future, I presume. And he's going to have to, uh, you know, inspire and and and, and uh, lead a new crew um, at at some point. You know, we'll, we'll have a, a shocking ending to February's uh, Captain America 698. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, sure. We'll see how that goes. Like you said, I don't. Okay, great. Um. Sad news, which is all bad news. Go ahead, read that. Yeah, uh, Marvel Heroes developer Gazillion apparently lays off everyone on Thanksgiving Eve. (laughs) Yeah, so Marvel Heroes, the um, the Marvel MMO that was going that's been going on since okay, 2012 or something. I played it a whole a lot. Um, this past it actually was supposed to shut down. On December thirty first, because apparently the the um the agreement between Gazillion and Disney had folded some kind of way, or at least that's what was coming out. But comes to find out that Gazillion pretty much lays off everybody on on Thanksgiving Eve. The game actually went down the day after Thanksgiving, uh, aka some would say Black Friday, um, and just out of the blue, 
So it's sad news indeed because that was a, a really good game. And but they did. Uh, I think sounds like uh, it. Had, well, I know for a fact that it was on consoles fairly recent. Like it just started on consoles like within the last month or two. And um, people kind of upset about that because that was their first foray into it. And people were asking to get their money back. And some, I think on one platform or another, they were actually getting their money back for them. So that's good on that part. But it is sad because a whole bunch of people are out of work. Mm-hmm. On Thanksgiving, no doubt, which I can understand that. Yeah, that is no good. Yeah. So rip Marvel Heroes in its very... Considerations. That was a good game while it lasted. All righty. Uh, JLA slash Young Animal. Milk Wars details and covers revealed. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, uh, you know, th- there's a crossover between J- JLA and Young Animal, and there's going to be um, some different um, different uh, versions of characters you know and love coming out of it. That's pretty unique. This one, the, this one here, the the Batman with the the, the Bible with the with the with the preacher's collar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the Bat Bible. <laughs> it's kind of a funny one. Like the the if you're watching the video, the Superman with the with the the milk as a milkman thing. Like yeah, I could see that. Like I don't think anybody would, would call that a stretch. And also, just it's noted that Frank Quality is doing all the covers, which is why it looks so good. Mm. And then sadly, this is Wonder Woman, fifties oh, housewife. Yikes! Yeah. Alrighty. Um, on some more disturbing news. Uh, new <laughs> Autobot action figure features a pro-Trump message. This is some crazy stuff. Yeah, um, I almost I almost uh, sent this to Dirt, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so this came off of io9, but we're getting this by way of CBR. So apparently um, um, this little symbol that you see here, or the symbols underneath the, the Autobot logo that you see here if you're watching the video, uh, apparently... The Cybertronian yeah. alphabet? Yeah, maybe spelling out uh, M-A-G-A, a.k.a. Make a great, America Great Again, which is the slogan of 45's campaign run, ah. a.k.a. Don Cheeto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, they don't really know that for the fact, but that's what it seems to be when, you know, when people try to translate it. So mm-hmm. could be wrong. Could be a thing. We don't know. Moving on. Goodness gracious. In Once and Future Queen, Arthurian legend gets a modern twist, and you can read the first issue here for free. So the legend of King Arthur is, uh, you know, has been reworked a couple of times, but a new comic from Dark Horse reimagines it as a journey across time, one that has everything from an LGBTQ romance to portals full of trolls and Merlin in a spacesuit. Uh, and you can read the first issue right now, I guess, on the Dark Horse website. Uh, I believe so. Actually, it might be no, it's on on IO9. Okay, right, it is. Yeah, you can check that out if. Ah. It's- I guess it's still there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still there. Okay. Uh, moving right along. Mark Millar previews new kick-ass comic with new black female hero. Um, out of the Millar world. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't think this is this is coming out of the Netflix thing. Because it says here it's on... Um, well, kick-ass has got its own separate... Um, right. Universe. Oh, yeah. So, never mind. That's, I said that. So this, But this is definitely not coming out of the Netflix thing. Because they already got to deal with... Um, because it's got a separate deal. So cool. All righty. Uh, Lego enters the grid with this fantastic Tron light cycle set. Is this official? Uh, I believe it is. I believe it is actually. Yes. Lego just revealed that it's going to create a Tron legacy light cycle set based on the design of Lego fan named Brick Bros UK. The final version hasn't been revealed yet, but uh, so here are some images from Brick Bros set, which is likely to be similar. Good so, job, 
dude. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be able to get one for PCN underscore dirt. I know, right? Because I thought about him earlier um, when he when he held up his uh, he uh, well just before anybody saw this, but he was holding up some Tron figures from Disney Infinity, and I thought about it, and I meant to mention it, but I forgot. So. Cool beans. I, I'm a Tron fan also, but I'm not sure if I'll pick that up. Uh, in weirdly uh, sad and just slightly disturbing news, uh, Marvel's new editor-in-chief just admitted that he used a pseudonym years before to pretend to be Japanese. Um, I think it's also worth noting that before he admitted to it, I believe there was, was a lot of scuttle but on Twitter about that when he was named uh, editor-in-chief. So I imagine this was just him answering to that. Um, so apparently... Uh, he wrote some books under the name of uh, Kira Yoshida. Um, C.B. Sapolsky is not black, is not Japanese, excuse me, not black either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that um, he acknowledged it. And, you know, yeah, that happened. Like, I, there, obviously, no one's calling for his head for this, I don't think, but just people have been calling it out because, you know, this is not a thing you would want to be doing in, in, this, in this climate right now. You know, and the fact that he's done in the past could... Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily well. It means something, but it doesn't mean nothing. You know, just just appropriation going yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, I could write a. I, I think I'm going to write the next great Irish novel under the name uh, uh, Drew O'Malley, and uh, you know, give myself a brogue, and you know, I mean, that's sort of what we're talking about here. Yeah, basically, like the, it, it is not not okay to do any of that, and this was done like in. Oh, oh no, I perpetrate. Yeah, and exactly, and, and perpetrate like I'm actually real as opposed to being a character. Right thing, and I think that's where the li- the line that I, I think a lot of people objected to was that uh, Sabolsky actually, you know, kind of you know made this like uh, uh, an actual person as opposed to a, you know just kind of stepping into uh, um, you know maybe a pseudonym to write a certain way. Exactly, even doing interviews as this character. So th- th- there's a, a a line that he may have crossed, but you know that's you know, we leave that to, to to people to judge for themselves. Yeah, but he's. He's not going to get yeah. happy to him before. I think we've, that's probably been established. But it's, sometimes it is definitely good to know that the stuff. Oh, Sean Baby. Huh. Interesting. What's that? So the, the um, apparently, well, it's like I said, I've, I saw this on Twitter from various people. But the, so there's a person going by the name of Sean Baby who was a noted, um, who was a, I believe, is this is the same one, was a video game journalist, uh, worked for EGM, I believe. And he was also one of the ones who, uh, call this out, and I, yeah, and I believe Sean Baby is a white guy, so I don't know. Regardless, it, it's a thing that happened, and I don't think he's going to get, you know, he's not going to lose his job over it. But the more lights shining on stuff that's happening uh, nowadays, the, the better off we'll be in the long run. Uh, so moving right along, Dustin Gwynn wants a Robin Earth One with Jeff Lemire. Okay, uh, so yeah, Dustin Gwynn, Gwynn excuse me, tweeted out. Um, I think, and I think I actually saw this tweet or from somewhere. He was saying that it, it would be cool. Uh, quote unquote, that this happened. So I'm like, yeah, Dustin Quinn. Actually, you know, I, I, side note, uh, did you take advantage of any of the Comicsology sale? Not, uh, uh, not over uh, Black Friday Thanksgiving, no. Right. So for those who didn't know, there was, I mean, it's a little bit late now, but there was a Black Friday sale specifically on, well, most of the, the of the companies did, but DC had one. I uh, had a couple actually. One of them I might still be going because I think they, the last one I saw was like they had to buy one get one free get graphic novels. But they had like a, pretty much almost all of their trades for five bucks. Okay, pretty good deal for a lot of them because some of them run a good twenty, you know, fifteen twenty bucks. Gotcha. 
All right. Um, I think we're going to try to run through these last few. Oh, quick. Um, little Gotham from that, which is why I mentioned Dustin Gwynn. But anyway. Um, yeah, I was about to because we are running a little long. Um, Cartooner, a tabletop game about drawing comics, has launched on Kickstarter. So Mockman Press and Japanime Games are pleased to announce the Kickstarter launch of Cartooner, a game of drawing comics, the world's first comic drawing game based on the themes and trends of American comics accessible for artists and non-artists alike. Yeah, I, saw this. I thought this was kind of neat. Yeah, so, take a look for that on the Kickstarter website. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Millar teases Netflix's next Millar World project. So this is the actual proper Netflix thing. There you go. Which um, at this point, I still don't know. So all because all we saw was um, a tweet saying three weeks into a new script. Here's your only clue to uh, until our marketing department announces in December. And we see here a picture of a uh, hourglass, a small hourglass. Okay. Some people are saying it might be um, Chrononauts, the series he did with Sean Gordon Murphy, but we don't know. Stay tuned. That's a good, too. That's a good, that's a good clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life gets a new lease on life in December. So Nickelodeon's Rocco's Modern Life has a new lease on life with an animated special coming next year and a comic book series de- debuting next week. Um, I believe is no, no, it's next week. I was about to say it was this week, but yeah, next week. Probably. All righty. Two more new X-Men ongoing series on the way because it's the 90s all over again. Uh, two new mystery X-Men ongoing series are on the way in the near future uh, thanks to, well, according to uh, as Mark Senior, Marvel Senior Editor Mark Panacea. I uh, can say that there's at least two more in development. He wrote in letters column to this week's uh, X-Men Blue 16. One completely unexpected and the other is a return of a fan favorite <laughs> Wolverine. Um, it's we don't know that for sure, but more than likely, come on. Uh, it's too early to say to to get into any of that, but I'm sure most X fans will be excited when we make the announcements. So, sure, okay. Uh, Marvel's New Mutants return in Dead Souls limited series. So, uh, I'm wondering if this dropped was... today, right? This dropped today, and uh, Marvel's putting out a new New Mutants uh limited series debuting in March, which I feel like is this sounds like in line with the the movie that's coming out right. because it sounds like this is going to be um so this is basically members of new mutants and x factor which to me does not scream new mutants if it's just a couple of them going to be there right that's guido so right. strong guy uh, mm-hmm. and others like is that um what's this dude right here doesn't matter either way it's coming oh i mean i forgot richter so it's magic wolfbane richter boom boom and strong guy um, which sounds like that other Exterminators uh, miniseries that had uh, a while back, but that's funny. Anyway, that's the thing that's coming. So, the, and maybe that's one of the new books that we mentioned earlier. All right, uh, Dan Jurgens to write and draw Booster Gold's return to DC Comics. So, Booster Gold appeared in uh, Action Comics nine nine three. Was it last week? Uh, and what's that? I think so. Yeah, I think it was last week because I did read it um, uh, as a back as uh, you know, like quickly on the way home today. So it's interesting to see Booster Gold uh, reappearing in the DCU, and now he's going to uh, obviously deal with some time travel uh, issues when it comes to uh, this particular character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and last, DC Comics launches new cover design to replace Rebirth banner because Rebirth has been going on long enough to where they don't need to do that anymore. On, just like they did with uh, New 52, which they kept that a while, though. Uh, we don't have a picture of it, I don't think. Or actually, because yes, we do. Excuse me. Which, why does it remind me of legacy covers? That's weird. That's actually mildly weird. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's not like these, Um, it's not like the, the, the big two don't copy each other day in and day out, as I've also learned from the Comixology sale. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. saying, this looks mildly weird. Mm-hmm. If you're watching the video, you can see what we're talking about. But, you know, it's a... And check out your latest previews, I guess. Yes, that too. Um, but yeah, 
well, no more rebirth on the uh, the the cover as we are headlong into it at this point. And that ends the news, folks. Yes, and uh, before we wrap the show. Um, we have one more advertisement to read before we uh, lead into our ending credits. Um, our last ad of the night is for Wink, personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over a hundred styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, you can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through cspn.us. Do it today. I, I can see the drinking game right now. It's like every time he says wink, you you drink. And <laughs> That's right. Part of that may have been just done while he was doing that whole bill. Anyway, we have now come to the end of the show tonight. We would like to thank everyone for. Wait, did you have something a box or something? Yeah. Okay. Not a few. Um, in that case, we're gonna end. This, we're gonna wrap this show up. Uh, thank you to uh, PC underscore Dirt for, for for popping in and giving us his views on Justice League. Hopefully, we will have him back soonish because we are starting to get into end of the year stuff and uh yeah that's gonna be fun this year mm. uh also tim d-o-w-g-9-8 oh wait excuse me back up the pcn underscore dirt on twitter uh popculturenetwork.com for his stuff uh pop culture net also on twitter is his handle on the twitters go check him out and all the stuff there also tim dog 98 that you can find him at that on twitter you can also find him at cb cron running are you also running CB Crown or is it just him? No, it's just him. That's what I thought. Okay. And also the Click Nation on Twitter. You can also go to theclicknation.com to check out stuff there, such as the, the New Mutant article and other stuff that is, is there. You can also find Agent 70, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and the Instagrams because he's doing it for the gram, folks. Hmm. Um, showing his, his prestigious collection of, of things. And actually, I, I just reminded me, I, I never did put up the picture of... Um, that last I should have got, but I'll do that after a while. Which you can find at Roddy Cat on Instagram, but you can also find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. Um, no site just yet, but that is forthcoming. You can also find this podcast and other fine podcasts on CSPN.us. Go over there. Go check us out. Go check all, all the good stuff that is over there. Maybe there's a wine cup. Well, there is a beer cup uh, podcast. And- mm-hmm. I'm not sure I just started, but we're, no, no wine one just yet, but time will tell. You can subscribe to this here podcast at on rather um, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those good places where you can find podcasts. You will find us there and all other uh, CSPN shows. You know it. You love it. You can also help us out by going to shop.cspn.us. Uh, go there, get some swag from one of our one of the shows, ours or one of the other shows. We got some nice stuff in there, you know, with Emblazon with our nice logo on it. You can go help us out, help you, help us, help you, help them, 
of this network. Uh, and with that... That's uh, one cash register ring for the entire plug section. <laughs> well done. And with that, uh, we will be back here next Friday night, 9pm-ish um, for another episode of Comic Chronicles. I was trying to think if there was going to be any movies, but there's not because we still have a whole other week for... Uh, Star Wars. Yeah, before we hit Star Wars Protocol. Which is regardless, we will probably be recording the day after that with what impression for Probably that we'll be talking about it because pcn underscore dirt will not have watched it yet <laughs> i mean this is this is old news at this point yeah. we, we've all gotten used to that so if you're not out there playing uh pocket camp or uh animal crossing pocket camp you should do so it's a good game if you are so inclined but with that hmm, i've done all this talking and i almost did this <laughs> and totally forgot about what i was about to do and they needed to do that uh with that this is the click nation's comic book chronicles and we are out. I told me one day it was gonna happen, but she never told me when. She told me it would happen when I was more told I wish it would have happened then. Mama told me one day it was gonna happen, but she never told me when. She told me it would happen when I was more told Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? It's you are really hired, Mr. Stark.